11 o'clock comics episode 120 that's not right Dozen bitches. <laughs> 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 Got the dozen. Oh, Hi guys, it's oh, been a day or two. Here we go again. Oh, uh, here he goes. No, don't even try it with Snark. Stop. Little Neesman and Slumberland's back again. Oh, <laughs> hey, hey. You know, I was nice about it last time, but that was like <laughs> like two hours and forty-eight minutes in. I I should be commended for hanging on for. As long as I did. Who's the and oldest? You're an hour behind us. Jesus, it's like oh, unbelievable. Unheard of. You're the oldest by a, by a country mile, aren't you? Mm-hmm. Well, I had to get up and milk the cow. That's a couple hours. Stop. Just Stop saying. it. Yeah, you just, just saying. saying. You care. I had, I, had, I had chickens to tend to, cows to milk. You know, my my favorite of your birthday presents uh-huh. was the program. From Hell yeah! Chicago 2006. You're, I still. Land, I, oh, I touch that and I get all <laughs> queasy. I, I still think about that. That was awesome. I, it, it was, and really, I mean, I was close to Chris and Sal, but nowhere near as close as we are now. And and that was a, an awesome gesture back then. Did you, I mean, I could have been a dork, an idiot, you know, just like a Klingon. But no, they went through all that trouble to get me that, and that was great. We love and you. it's got John Romita Jr.'s signature on it. Yeah, oh, that's right. That's right. Fetish. Oh, yeah. You bet. We got, we, got, we got that show coming up here in, in a week or two. Oh, the Star Trek so, convention? Yeah. The, 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 you know, I'm going to go out, I'm going to go out there for a day. Uh, I mean, it is, it is a shadow of its former self, but, uh, you know, I, you know, want to meet Julie Newmar and Adam West and Burt Julie Ward Newmar. And, mm. Yeah. <laughs> no, in her, in her prime? Yow. Oh, oh yeah. Catwoman. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's uh it's basically Star Trek and 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 pro wrestler convention. But you know, there'll there'll be some there'll be some friendly faces out there. So it's good for a you know a few hours on a Saturday. Sure, comic convention. There there are no bad yeah. comic conventions. Yeah. It's like art. Yeah. So you're forty five. Yes, I'm forty five. Damn, son. I sure don't act it though. That's a spitting distance from Fitty. That's okay. I'm not getting older. I'm getting hey, better. Getting sexier and right? funnier. Oh, yeah. I don't know better, about the funnier. but Better picking friends than you used to be. It's true. Oh. Yeah, David. <laughs> hey, everybody. It's only, a, <laughs> only move up from there. Nah. It's 11, 11 o'clock comics. I'm Vince B. Oh, I'm sorry. I was, I was, oh, yeah. playing, I, I was, playing, I was playing StarCraft 2. Oh. Nah. Oh, you don't have that Excellent. shit running, do you? Oh, you're doing no, no, it's not Shut up, bitches! The Zergs are coming. Oh no, shit! Oh, have you played it? No, I, I no, but I own I own Activision stock, so all you bitches better keep on playing it. I tell you, it's uh, it is it's fucking awesome. Nice. Uh, I'm, I'm Christopher Neesman, and yes, I have uh, I, I have gone um, to, from New York to to Chicago, and and uh, and I bought StarCraft too, so I haven't read a comic book in like three weeks. Oh, that is the alien, the alien race is the Zerg, right? In Star Trek, yeah, that's the Zerg. StarCraft. Yeah, the I always think of the Tyranids from Warhammer because they're they're very similar, but. Yeah, Star, Starcraft is no, Wait, it's, no, not. it's not. No, it's Starcraft not. Oh, is a great game. I lo- we played the shit out of the first one. Never yeah. played it. It's, it's fun. Awesome. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Mm. 
Uh, I'm uh, I'm I'm David Price, and and I have read a couple of comics this week. So Me too. At least I'm here if Chris isn't. Awesome. That's all right. <laughs> That's awesome because I I did read a few comics, but I didn't have as much time as I normally would because I was busy overturning <laughs> yeah. a stupid ass law. Because I am U.S. District Judge Vaughn Walker. <laughs> you have a lot of friends right now. That's right. Uh, no, shower you, me with praise, bitches. I'll shower you with golden. You are not Von Walker. You are Jason Wood, everybody. Was that golden shower joke? A little bit. <laughs> that was about a judge notice. <laughs> uh, countdown to sleepy time. And go. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> nice. and, and in two hours and 48 minutes, I will be sleeping. I love those marathon. Those marathon <laughs> podcasts are, are fantastic. I just love... No, who can, I can't get enough comic talk. And this yeah. comic talk has been brought to you by the fine folks at Discount Comic Book Service. They sure named it correctly because that's what you're going to get when you hook up with these people. Discounts. Wumba, huge, fantastic discounts. 35 to 75% off selected items. Try and get that in your local comic shop. Marvel, DC, Dark Horse, and Image, 40% and up. Your independence, it ranges, but you will get some really sweet discounts from these people. Discount Comic Book Service, DCB Service, Dot com. I got my box this week, yeah. and anyone who frequents our forum knows I went off on a freaking tangent, a rant. I was pissed off, and later on in the show, I don't want to bogart the, the beginning of it because we have things to take care of. I'd like to talk about disappointment. Wow. And we, we've all felt Whoa. it. We, we've oh, we've sure. all anticipated a certain, the release of a, of a particular periodical only to have our hopes dashed. On True. the uh, on whatever rocks, uh, whatever, yeah. But I'm I'm telling you, I was so so disappointed, oh, so bummed out. It is. I got I got my box, and there was something in there that made me overjoyed. See, well, you will balance the scales. That cosmic alignment will right itself. I've mm-hmm. got I've got, happy, I've got happy things to talk about. Oh, I have happy things too. Really, really, wow. I'll tell you, this month, smallest order in a long time for me. I oh, this even, coming month, you mean? Yeah, I didn't break a hundred bucks. Totally, yeah. I haven't placed it yet, but I agree. Looking through previews this weekend, I uh, it, this is probably in at least six months the, the smallest order by a good chunk. Yeah, you know I, what? I, I had a lot of what the fuck are they thinking moments looking through previews. I was actually <laughs> glad for it though. Like, I mean, it's <laughs> nice to actually not have a month where you're like, ugh. Yeah, you know, I mean, we should we should do that. I mean, I know Chris is reluctant to even say the name, but once in a while we should pull out the previews and go through it and say, you know what, this looks really oh, good. Come on, come on. No, turn, that's turn, fun. No, a podcast of of listen to pages turn. No, no, no. I'm not saying go through the whole thing. Oh. David and I used to do <laughs> yeah. that. One of things you really are excited. People about. still want us to do that. They are just you no. know. Yeah, but you have to admit, David, we went through every page of the Marvel previews catalog. I think the first time I listened to you guys was was a uh, was a previews episode and. And it was one of them went two parts. It was like six hours, I think. That's nuts. Fun. You guys had, I think, on one previews you had a, a female guest on, Michelle. And okay, yeah. yeah. Oh, I, I should... how is Michelle? Michelle is engaged. Oh, good for her. Oh, yes. She's such a sweetheart. DJ finally uh, got smart. Realized that he's not going to find a better woman, and <laughs> you know, yeah. So that's great. Congratulations. Well, but well, yeah, she's, yes. you know, she's. Well, okay. I, uh, I, pay, I put on Facebook this this week uh, something that I. I definitely uh believe to be true which is that the one commonality of all my friends in all different walks of life is somehow we all seem to be able to dupe women way better than we are to into falling in love with us i don't know how we do it if it's like eek superpower or whatever but i've seen all you dudes and i've seen all of your significant others and it ain't even close yeah my girlfriend's hot isn't she (laughs) oh wait you mean mean, oh you mean my wife 
<laughs> except, so, yeah. except J- Jason's in love with my other girl, Georgia. Yeah. Well, of course, yeah. Ball biting Georgia. I just got my dog's balls cut off, so I guess he's not going to be hitting that with Georgia. Uh, well, thank you. <laughs> he's so eloquent. But, got my right, dog's right, balls right. cut off. Drink, on that note, uh, drink roll call. Uh, oh. uh, Jason, why don't you lead us off? Cool, cool. So uh, I am drinking a uh, a microbrew uh, today. We figured to make Chris happy. Uh, it is from uh, Left Hand Brewing Company. Ooh, ooh. A microbrew out in Colorado was sent mm-hmm. this as a gift from uh, my brother-in-law because I'm left-handed and he thought it was kind of funny. Um, but uh, it's pretty good. It's their, it's their, they make a bunch of different brews. This is the Polestar Pilsner. Uh, it's you know it's like a classic golden pilsner, but it's about twice the normal alcohol content. Um, and he sent me a six pack, and it's freaking really good, man. And you can order it if you want. It's um, I think left. It's either Left Hand Brewing or lefthandbrew.com. I forget, I forget which, but but yeah. uh, it's pretty tasty. Yeah. Yeah. Just just Google Left Hand Brewing. I had their milk stout on uh, a couple weeks ago. Oh, that was the same brewer. Yep, Left Hand Milk Stout. Oh, get the hell uh, out of here. Okay, cool. Yeah. All right, nice. They Excellent. are. They are. They're outstanding. They're blowing up. Yep, and they're not. They're not micro brews anymore, Jason. The the correct terminology is is American craft brewers. There you go, Chris. It's, it's craft beer. Wow. Now, I think so. that's not too pretentious. Dude, uh, someone, you know? someone somewhere has been sitting on the URL microbrew.com and they're just like, no. <laughs> Bitches. Like, I'm a duck. That's going to blow up. Uh, yeah, that was one of the things about Cooperstown that I'm bummed about. Um, I didn't get to make it to the uh, the uh, oh. Omegang, um, uh brewery. How uh, is Alice? Huh? How uh. is Alice? You went to Cooperstown, didn't you? Yeah. What the hell are you talking about? Oh, my God. Uh, Even Wood got that. Even Wood. Whoa, 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 whoa. What? What? Chris, Alice Cooper. Oh, oh, Cooperstown. Yeah, he lives in in Arizona. Yeah. (laughs) I want to ruin your joke as much as I can. Where we grind to a screeching halt. Yeah, this this is fun. David, what are you drinking? Ah, uh, well, I don't have anything cool like wood with the Homestar Runner brew, but uh-huh. the oh, it's, it's um sorry, it's uh it's local. I was I was at the uh, the halftime joint that that has all the uh, the malt, and uh, I had Ithaca Brewery in my hand, oh. but I put that yeah. down. Cornell Large. University, and uh, and I went with from the Brooklyn Brewery, uh, East India Pale Ale. Oh nice. yeah. Nice. And it's not bad. I, w- I need to try some of that whenever I get out uh, your all's neck of the wood. October, in- bitches? Woods in October. Um, oh, Ithaca, by- Ithaca College, by the way, that's uh, that's uh, iFanboy Central. That's where all the... That is where the iFanboys met and, and yep. became iFanboy. Yep, that's I love, though, how... how uh, I always used to joke about... It. They're going to get mad at me for this, but like I was Ithaca College was sort of like... I don't know. It was like the... Uh, it's like the uh, the buildings that Cornell didn't have any use for. <laughs> oh. Oh. What's the what's the what's the uh, the junior college in South Bend? Is it St. Mary's? Right, yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's you know basically yeah the the buildings that that Notre Dame you know used got exactly. rid of and yeah. gave St. Mary's. Uh, but but is that everybody? No, you didn't do me. Oh, oh, Vince, Vince. Sorry, I saved the best for last. Oh yeah, sure. Right. Pepe Mac. Pepe Mac. Back on the Pepe Mac, huh? I I have no beer and I had no time to get it today. Long busy day. Understandable. Yeah. Yeah. That's all right. Um, uh, also, a microbrew, an American craft beer. Uh, I'm drinking um, from uh, Magic Hat, which is a uh, brewery in Vermont, I believe. Mm-hmm. 
I'm almost positive. Yes, they are from Vermont. So if you like fish and Ben and Jerry's ice cream, you'll probably like Magic Hat. And I'm having their uh, their number nine, and uh, they label it as a not quite pale ale, uh, and it's it's very much not a, a not quite a pale ale. There's a lot of citrus in it. Um, it's right along with the uh, the Bell's Oberon as, as uh, being a really uh, nice, refreshing uh, summer beer. It's not. It's not a light beer, but with the citrus in, it's very refreshing, and it's one of my new one of my new favorite uh, summer beers. So, um, if you like the Bell's Oberon, if you'd had a chance to try that, or if you're just looking for uh, for a good uh, a good refreshing summer beer, the Magic Hat Number Nine, yummy, sweet. Mm-hmm. It is a little sweet. Nice, <laughs> nice mouthfeel too. C'est, c'est bon. Yeah. <laughs> Do you ever feel doomed, like a freak, an outcast? Have you ever wanted to listen to a podcast about people just like you? Tune in every Wednesday as Murray and Scott take you on a short trip into the wild trip. That is DC Comics Doom Patrol. Visit doompatrol.com. That's D-O-O-M-P-O-D-T-R-O-L.com. And don't worry. When the podcast is done, everything will go back to normal. On to comics. Let's do yes. it. Yes. That was I had a pretty good week. I, I pretty much almost everything I read I, I really enjoyed. Let's have some detail. Yeah. Well, let's yeah. hear about it. Yeah. Um, well, the, the the first thing I want to give praise to, but because of the unwritten podcast where we can't get into too much details, is, uh, is and Vince, did you read the, uh, the latest Walking Dead trade? I received it, but I did not read it. I haven't read it yet. No. Uh, yeah, well, since we can't right. spoil it anyway, I'll just say we, we, we it. Gotta, uh, we got we to gotta figure out what the moratorium is on spoiling a trade. Because when something's out in trade, damn it, you should be able to talk about it. No, no, I totally disagree no, because most it's... people, well, not most, but a lot of people wait for the trade for a while, right. like myself. So We should well, have yeah, like a, a code, a system, like a, a code where if a major character dies, they say, yeah, well, they killed a Kenny. Or something, or Kenny Kenny died, or <laughs> right. we because we need to be able to talk about Walking Dead. It's odd. It's a popular yeah. book. A, um, you know, a lot of people are digging so on you it. Do and it, Walking Dead podcast and everything will be cool. Uh-huh. You know what? You know, you know what? There, there. If there, if there's someone out there that is dying to do a podcast, and that that that's it. If you could do a, there might be one. <laughs> there should be a Walking Dead podcast. Oh like, well, I'm sure there will be come October. God, yeah, yeah, for sure. But you need to be exclusive Walking Dead. That way, when someone tunes in, they know they're going to get Walking Dead spoilers. Right. There oh, you yeah. go. There is one, the walkingdeadpodcast.com. So there you That's go. That's right. Is it active? There, there is, it looks like it. It looks like the last episode was uh, July 28th of this year. So Okay, there you go. Um, the last issue, uh, 75, was, was, was pretty was pretty awesome and there was a really uh, a really uh some uh, ryan otley backup in it yeah i heard about the backup only because the uh, so good talk about it this sounds kind yeah. of funny I, yeah I no no up. no spoilers because i know yeah. people are are their hands are shaking waiting to hit the yeah. pause button um but yeah the ryan otley backup was hilarious it's yeah. it's yeah it's really a lot of fun. Now I wonder wow. how they're going to do that with the trades because up until now, and this is the twelfth volume, yep. there ha- there hasn't been anything included in the trades but the regular Walking Dead feature. So, do you think that'll be included in a, in a future trade, or is you that know, I, 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 in the trade, right? I I hope it I hope it stays as a as a, a treat to the people that read that book monthly, and I hope it just stays in the in in the single issue. Mm-hmm. Hmm. 
Well, I, 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 you know, we talk about the waiting for the trade and, and that kind of stuff, and I'm definitely transitioning that way. Um, but I think that people that do read the the monthly issues should get rewarded for that. And Brubaker's been really good about that. With with Criminal and Fraction was very much like that with Casanova. They so they think, are rewarded for it. They get their story every month. Yeah, but you know, there's a lot there's a lot more reasons to buy something in trade, and yep. I think. And I think people that that drop the two ninety nine and now more often the three ninety nine on mm-hmm. on a monthly issue or a single issue should be rewarded with a little extra content. Okay, that's just me. Yeah, that well, is I mean, he's not, that's a fairly no, it's commonly not. held argument. Yeah. Okay, three against one then. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, I can't really talk about The Walking Dead. So, um, so how about we? I can uh, talk about instead. Um, a book by Vertigo that um, I think we talked about it a little bit when the first issue came out, but uh, my regime pile is ridiculous these days. Uh, so because uh, it's football season, and as many of you know, I I'm a little busy around football season. Uh, I'm hearing I'm so just hearing not... really nice stuff about Johnny Knox, by the way. But go mm. ahead. Oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, but uh, so one of the books I I really enjoyed the first issue, but just the subsequent issues just kept getting lost in the pile, and I finally decided to pull them out and read them because the arc, first arc was over. Is uh, American Vampire. Um, I know for some people they're very very tired of the whole vampire meme, and uh, you know I get I guess I get that. Um, although I think it's kind of funny because a lot of us will be happy to read like fifty superhero books in a month, and we never complain about being tired of capes books, but. Um, American Vampire is written by Scott Snyder, who I believe is taking over one of the Batman books, right? Um, detective. Te- yeah, detective, right? Um, yeah. I don't know that he if he's written anything before this. I don't know what it would be. Um, and the back, uh, the back matter, or the the backup story has been written by Stephen King uh, in this first arc. And the art for the entire issue, and these are all 32 pages of art, so it's like a 40-page comic, uh, has been done by uh, Raphael Albuquerque. One and, uh, of my absolute favorite Yeah, he's a artists. beast. He's oh, an absolute beast. Um, and he must be super quick unless they really had a quick jump start on this because, like I said, he's doing 32 pages of interiors. Uh, and it's been coming out on time every month. So um, i got to give him mad props. But uh, it is a vampire book. It's set in the 1920s. Um, the main antagonist is a character named uh, Skinner Sweet. He's um, <laughs> sort of a total rogue uh, douchebag, you know, nothing redeeming cowboy uh, that is a, a vampire and uh, and uh, in, he, in, the mo- in the movie he would be played by Kid Rock. Oh yeah, I hope not, but yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah. He, is, he does look that way visually, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. I, would, I would hope it'd be somebody a little more gravitas. But than that, you, you but, know, I mean, that, that's kind of... Gravitas. That, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he is, um, he's not your typical vampire. He, um, he has some abilities, let's say, that uh, the other vampires don't, and because of that, the other vampires would love for him to be gone because they're very threatened by him. And he's one of those people that basically is uh, almost like a Jonah Hex. He really is not in it for anyone but himself. So he's a thorn in the vampire side, and he's pretty much a thorn in humanity side. He really doesn't give a fuck about anybody else. Um, and the, the main story by Scott Snyder really revolves more around um, one of his progeny that he makes, uh, a young little ingenue who uh, he creates and uh, and it, it, he, he writes the story about her and then sort of at the end of, of the whole first arc you know there he kind of the stories get pulled together which I think probably makes sense because if I'm not mistaken Stephen King only was doing this first five issue arc I think he's he's off the book after this and then it's just a Scott Snyder Albuquerque you know standard sized comic from here on out but um, 
man, it was terrific. I mean, I'm 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 a I'm a fan of the vampire stuff. I mean, I watch I like the show True Blood, and you know, I, I read the Anne Rice stuff when I was younger, and so I don't I don't get tired of that stuff. So for me, this is totally you know totally groovy, um, and uh, you know it's just another example of Vertigo putting out quality stuff, man. I mean, this is a it's a gory book, very funny. Yeah. Scott Snyder's a very he's very good with dialogue. Um, it's a period piece, which I think makes it a little more interesting. I was thinking about that after I got done reading it. Like, what would the story read like if it was the exact same story set today? I think the, the it it just it gives it that little added dimension. I mean, there's no reason they couldn't tell this exact story in 2010, but I just think you know having Albuquerque draw you know 1920s cars and clothes and you know the girls a flapper and you know that that's kind of just makes it a little bit more um, distinctive from you know just a typical comic where you'd be focused on the fact that it's just about vampires. So uh, yeah, it was great, man. Like I said, it's a perfect quote unquote jumping on point. Um, you know, the first arc just wrapped up, and I believe uncharacteristic of um, a vertigo the, the the hardcover was solicited uh before Ooh. any trade yep. so i can only assume that's because stephen king's involved in I was either just going to say that yeah yeah exactly um so you know if you're into the the uh to coin david's phrase uh, shelf porn uh then you're going to then they have a hardcover coming but uh if not i'm sure you can find the issues on the on the relative cheap um it is a 399 book uh, again, very a little bit different for Vertigo, but it, it's a again because I'm sure Stephen King's involved in B because it is a, a an oversized book. It's 32 pages, um, but uh, I thought it was great, man. I really, really enjoyed it. So I um unless you're totally turned off by vampires, then I would definitely think it's worth your time. Yeah. Two th- two things. One, I'd like to do one little riff on the whole picking the actor for the character. Like Chris said, uh, you said uh, Chris Rock would be perfect for one of those characters. Kid Rock. Kid Rock. Uh, Kid Rock. <laughs> Chris no, no, Rock. Chris, Chris Rock yeah. would be a very, very adventurous choice. <laughs> nice. Last week, I believe it was Jason who talked about the choice for Captain America. No. Was it? Who was it? it was one of you guys? So. Well, no, that just. I think it was maybe it was you, but anyway, you were talking about the actor that they picked for uh, Captain Evans. America, Chris Evans. Yeah. Now I, I don't watch this show, but my wife loves it. Uh, NCIS. And there oh, is is he the goofy one? The, the kind of guy who, who's, who he's like he's like Mark Harmon's sidekick. He's the guy yes, that he is the perfect Captain America. You think? Yes, he's got the look. He he can act. And they, they had him all they had him all beaten up on this one episode that was recently playing. And his lip was split, and he had the the scratches on his face. I'm thinking, man, that's a World War One Captain America right there. World War Two. Yes. All right. But anyway, and. Speaking of Stephen King, can I go on my little tiny rant now? Because Stephen King is connected. Whatever you want. Oh, sure. I didn't even know that. See that? Yeah, of what I want to talk about. We all have that golden age where we first become enamored with comics and and horror movies and and sci-fi and genre things. And uh, as a result, that period in our lives becomes very near and dear to our hearts. We all have one, right? Chris is from 2002. Uh, it's true, and we ha- we have our heroes. Uh, one of mine, I'll be honest, I-, I like to bust his balls on the show, but Stan Lee was one of my heroes. Sure, uh, you were young. You you cannot really? s- that's <laughs> you you cannot separate Marvel Comics and Stan Lee from that period. The man was everywhere. He cultivated the the attitude of the company, that alliteration that he liked to do in Stan's soapbox, and he was the the face of Marvel Comics. And I don't, I don't think there's anybody that won't agree with me with that. Stan was a huge figure in, in fandom. Still there is. is. There still is. is. An, okay. There's another figure. 
still of, from roughly the same time period who was a huge influence on me. And I would argue that he had and has as much impact in fandom as Stan Lee. And that is Forrest J. Ackerman. Mm-hmm. He uh, was the editor-in-chief and the mastermind behind Famous Monsters of Filmland, one of those one of those magazines that stuck its claws in me as a kid, and Forrest was my hero. He was so cool. He knew everybody. He, he corresponded with H.P. Lovecraft, Edgar Rice Burroughs. He, had, he was the ultimate collector. He had a mansion full of movie memorabilia, not just memorabilia, but actual, like the ship from Earth vs. the Flying Saucers or the Emir from Ray Harryhausen's uh, movie. He had the actual miniatures from the movie. He had pieces of King Kong from Willis O'Brien, King, uh, King Kong. He was my hero. So when I heard that IDW was bringing back Famous Monsters of Filmland, needless to say, I was excited, very excited. I was, oh my God, this is a, this is going to be fantastic. And with that comes the realization that you could never go home again. You have to uh, resign yourself to the fact that that was a period in your life that is now gone, and going back is pretty much impossible. So I was a bit reserved, and I had a little bit of a, well, I'll just see what they give us when they give it to us. Uh, unfortunately, the only thing they got right was the cover. Okay. Yeah. And let me say, as is the norm with IDW's product, it ain't cheap. Twelve ninety nine an issue. Wow. It's, it's, it's 128 pages, and it's on... Glossy stock. It's square bound. It has a, a thick cardstock cover, which, if you uh, know Famous Monsters of Filmland, that's pretty much the polar opposite of what Famous Monsters was. It was printed on okay. cheap, cheap pulpy paper, black and white. Uh, f- most of the run, the only thing that was in color was the covers. There was a period where they they tipped in uh, color st- uh, stuff in the middle, but that didn't last long. But so visually. It's a bomb. It's a complete and utter fail. Uh, the like I said, the only thing they did right was the cover, and that's because Richard Corbin did it. It's kind of hard. It's kind of hard to stumble when Corbin's doing your cover, and Corbin is an artist that's very closely associated with Warren Publishing. So I saw the cover. Cool. They kept the logo. They have the little uh, box in the upper left-hand corner that that Warren Publishing did. Which oh, cool. So they got it. They have the typewrite. It's a little small. But if you take a look at the logo, the famous Monsters of Filmland, that, that instantly recognizable logo, the, they inlaid a, a bitmap, a textured bitmap inside the logo. And that raised my eyebrow. I said, hmm, that's n- not going to, not good. And when you open up the magazine, Chris, and you are, um, a layout and design dude. Yep. You, you know what they did? They put color textured bitmaps behind white type body text the oh, body text no. yes the body text is white and there's these bitmaps behind it it's incredibly hard to read uh, I, I read a couple of the articles that the content is sound it, they're pretty good the articles are there's there's an article on William Stout which is really neat there's a Ray Bradbury article okay cool you cover in the bases there's a piece on death in art with uh, Hieronymus Bosch is in there, Peter Bruegel. So, I mean, they are stretching. They're covering a lot of bases. 
and there's a there's a, a nice tribute to Forrest J. Ackerman. So my my beef is not with the content so far. It they're pretty much keeping it in line with the kind of things that Famous Monsters had to a certain extent. Visually, though, it's incredibly hard to read. The type is huge, and there's there's only one reason why you increase the point size of your type, and that's to that's fill up pages. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And um, I'm, I'm sad. I'm really sad because I wanted this thing to be special. Yeah, as special as the original. And, and again, today in the comic shop, I was expressing my dismay with the the owner and he said i, I imagine like tearing of of sackcloth and much screaming and gnashing no, you know i'm i'm i've mellowed over the the course of 24 hours yesterday when i opened the box i was pissed off but okay. I, i've got i've gone through stages i was furious wow. and then i i was denial then anger I, I was in i was in denial and then i admitted it and and dave the loan the owner of the comic shop said you know what vince it sounds like you you've set your expectations too high no and and, 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 and no but the, this famous monsters has a pedigree it, right. it, it's it's not marvel's monsters of the movies or you know the 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 scores of of second tier monster magazines sure this is the granddaddy this is this is the magazine responsible for launching the careers of Joe Joe Dante and Steven Spielberg and Tim Burton, uh, Joe, uh, John Landis. I mean, a lot of famous people cut their teeth on 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 Forey's magazine, and so yeah, there is a lot to live up to, and this is just not. Not doing no, it. I mean, unfortunately, you, you, would, you would mention not being able to go home again, yeah. and honestly, that's why I'm so surprised by Creepy. Right. The, again, I was as surprised as yourself. The pedigree on Creepy really hard to live up to, but they're yeah. doing it. That's why I had such high hopes for this, and I'm not going to condemn it completely because there is room for improvement. Obviously, one of the things that really torqued me was. They kept the Captain Company theme, like uh, way back when there were 20 pages in the back of Famous Monsters where they just sold stuff, model kits, T-shirts, puzzles, mm -hmm. books, and they under the under the name Captain Company. So cool, that's awesome. Keep the name, but there's one, two, three, seven, eight, ten pages of quote gothic glamour photography with women in Famous Monsters T-shirts dressed as vampires. And a, and a dude fighting them. I mean, there's sepia tone right. photographs, this faux artsy fartsy stuff that mm. has no business in Famous Monsters. It's just, there's no place for it, uh, in yeah. my opinion. It's, it's just whack. I don't understand it. Yeah, sell your stuff, but not in Man. that way. That's just, that's, I don't know. And a, a lot of the magazine looks like Fangoria to me, which is not a compliment if, if you're, <laughs> you've read Fangoria. I mean, there's, there's photos of, um, there's gore photos in in this and famous miles one of the things that Forey kind of shied away from was the blood and guts i mean late 80s early 90s even when the slasher film came to prominence Forey kind of looked the other way for the most part and there are there's photos of gore in here which is again not emblematic of famous monsters of Filmland. so i don't know i'm just a little there's a william stout uh, i said william stout it's it's there's i'm hoping that it improves and i will say chris real the the uh publisher of of idw if you want to the um 
let's see there's a graphic uh robbie robbins is the senior graphic artist if you want to fire this dude and give the job to me <laughs> oh, i'll do man. it for no i'll do it for half of what he's charging wow. i would love i would love to lay out famous monsters of film i would do it proud it's not that hard it wasn't a very flashy magazine mm -hmm. you know put a put a some some typical fm monster type in the beginning of the article couple photos do it up i can do it so chris get rid of him hire me i'll do it for you <laughs> <laughs> I'm sad. Fired. I'm I'm sad. I just I I wanted this to be great. I I was so hopeful. Right. Oh that well. That sucks, man. Yeah, but I'm I'm a lot. I'm I'm mellowed. I was pissing vinegar yesterday. Apparently, mm -hmm. if, you're, if you're if you're calm down now, still trying to get people fired. Um, it broke my heart. <laughs> <laughs> hey, did, um, uh, I still I still have to listen to all of, uh, all of last week's episode. Uh, thanks again uh, to Sal for for. Um, Sitting in for me, uh, so good. Hopefully, good to we'll hear get, him on, on we can a make podcast. that permanent. <laughs> oh my oh, god! Wow, <laughs> snappity, Zing. snappity, snap! No, I love you. You know that. Um, did you all talk about Batman Under the Red Hood? The probably uh, the, not. No, uh, no, the the DVD or the yeah. the movie. Uh -huh. Have any of you Have any of you seen it yet? Yeah, I watched it um, on Monday. How'd you like it? Uh, yeah, I thought it was really good. I mean, I I gotta say, man, I I one area where uh, I think DC gets it right over the uh the competition at least so far is uh they they, they got something going with these with these little dvds they throw out these movies mm -hmm. uh, sure I, almost every one i've enjoyed quite a bit um i mean not not everyone but but for the most part i mean they've probably put out what eight nine of them now and uh um, yeah it's, it's it's getting getting close to that yeah i mean uh no i thought i thought it was great man i you know I, I don't have a lot of like i know some people were really focused on batman and who the who the voice actor was and whether it would be weird yeah. but for me i don't have any of that like predisposition yeah. i mean i sometimes I, it's sometimes it's conroy sometimes it's not it's fine yeah um no i thought it was really good the, the animation was terrific mm -hmm. um I, I it was dark yeah it really was uh and it's one of those things about these dc movies is that uh i made the mistake of renting um what was it? What was the one with this, the Superman Batman um, one that public came enemies. out? The, the public yeah. enemies. Yeah. Renting that and um, for a road trip we were taking and just letting the boys watch it before I had seen it. Ooh. Uh, yeah, so I had forgotten, you know, that you really got to remember for people listening at home that, that don't realize these DC movies are made for us, not for kids necessarily. So exactly. make sure you, yeah, make sure you watch it before you let your little kids watch it because there's often profanity and there's death and serious violence and stuff. But, uh, yeah, well, that was what I mean. I mean I, I, yeah, I thought it was pretty good. I thought it was quite Red, good. Red Hood plays like you know eight heads in a duffel bag. Yeah, the... yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah, he throws a duffel bag uh, on a table in front of a bunch of co uh, crime lords, and and he's like, oh, and in case you didn't think I was serious, those are the heads of all your lieutenants. It's like, damn. Yeah, this is yeah DC animated. I, I loved it, but yeah, Jason uh, hit it on the on the head there. The, these are made for us, not not for uh, not for your six year old you know sons and daughters. These are these yeah. are for more mature comic book fans. And you know what? I really appreciate that. I, I too, I thought the uh, the the portrayal of the of the Joker was uh, was cool. I mean, because they they you know you could do the Joker in a lot of different ways, um, and. They did him pretty like hardcore gangster. Like he was, they yeah. did him like a psychotic, but not like he wasn't a, f a clown or a buffoon. You know, he, he was, was a just, big guy too. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I, I, I don't know if that was a conscious decision, but but uh, or not to to draw him that way. I mean, I assume it was, but it, yeah, I thought it really worked. Um, yeah, more uh, more more Heath, more Heath Ledger like, but he was mm -hmm. he was 
he was bigger than Ledger because Ledger was even, you know, kind of always kind of like crumpled over and, you know, slop shouldered. This, you know, he, the, this Joker was, he was, he was scary and, you know, more of a, more of a physically imposing way, which I thought was right. an interesting move. Um, did you, um, uh, did you check out the, the Jonah Hex short? No, because I rented the, I rented it on iTunes, so I didn't get to see the Jonah Hex short. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's, How was it? It's not, um, not as visually stunning as the Spectre short from the last mm-hmm. one, um, but it was it was a Jonah Hex story. It was mm-hmm. it was really good. It was uh yeah it was uh, you know whores and drunkards and uh, <laughs> all sorts whores of yeah are mm-hmm. good yeah 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 it was a, a revenge story and it had that classic uh, classic Jonah Hex ending to it. Um, so yeah, it was the you know, DC continues to do a really nice job with the uh, the direct to DVD uh, animated features. Did you take note of who did the voice for Jonah Hex? Yes, I did, and now I'm going to forget who was it. Uh, well, I'm asking because um, I, I, I don't know. Uh, Thomas Jane. Wow. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm um um ninety nine percent sure. Thomas Jane was was in one yeah, it was Joe. Huh? Yeah, yeah, it, uh, it could have been. Um yeah, yeah. That, that's Jane. neat. Yeah, I, I can see that, I can hear that. That's pretty cool. speaking of this, did you guys see who is involved uh as of today with the ultimate Spider Man cartoon that's coming out? Yeah, yeah, Paul Denny. Yeah, Paul Denny. Neat. Yeah. That's uh can't well, wait for that. It's, it's crossing the street, man. I know. I, I'm surprised. I thought he sort of had like a. I assumed he was full time. I mean, that's got to be a full, close to a full time job running that, right? I mean, I assumed that that uh, he was locked up at DC, but I guess not. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Hey, I I have an observation. I didn't read it yet, mm-hmm. but uh, while you're on the subject of Batman, Batman Odyssey number two came out today. Oh, uh, did it? Neil Adams oh, is either he's either getting paid by the word or <laughs> or or by the image because this thing is loaded with both. It's really visually dense and there is a lot of word balloons in this thing oh my goodness it's they're everywhere there's a i i'm guessing this would this issue is going to take you at least 45 minutes to read and i don't buy all adam's comics to get to look at word balloons (laughs) um uh, yes and no but you're right yeah it it Uh is more about the more about the image i could give two shits about the story i want to see neil adams draw batman yeah, I enjoyed the first one. This issue is wow, looks crazy. Batman's dancing and getting shot all over. It's nuts. And we get another teaser image from DC. Woo! <laughs> I just, I just love the teaser images. Got a white Hal Jordan laying in a big old busted up white lantern battery, and oh yeah, the the the, uh, the brightest day teaser, what they did. Yeah, for, uh, was a yeah. Final Crisis that they. That they did that for. Yeah, it does generate yeah, discussion. I'll give them that. But, sure. Hey, yeah. man. I, I, Brightest day. It's probably, probably about the most entertaining book that DC's doing these days. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not saying you're wrong because I'm re- I'm pretty far behind on it because I'm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I'm I'm liking Brightest Day. I I guess I'm I'm enjoying the um, the generation lost a lot more. And now a reading from my high school. Music Selections, Insane Clown Posse, Hocus Pocus, Island Records, 1997. <clears throat> I, Bricky Die Brown, Boom Shock a Day. I'm Violent J, and I'm back like a vertebrae. And I come with my hat full of tricks, trunk 
full of fago, car full of fat chicks. Thank you. You know, I, I didn't get a chance to mention it, but but talking more of what stuff that that DC's doing that I'm liking, I tell you what, the it's um, I, I bang the the DC drum, but man, the, the previews this month is not getting me excited for the end of the year for them. But um, as much bitching, moaning, and complaining as went on, uh, mm-hmm. Wonder Woman six hundred one was really good. If you've never read Wonder Woman before, this is a great, great place to jump on. I think this is going to be a, an incontinuity, but not really too much. I think it's going to be a self-contained story, and it's um, yeah, it's, it's kind of throwing out everything that you knew about Wonder Woman, and I think that you're going to be able to kind of like ride along with Diana and and rediscover who this character is. I it's I'm not going to spoil any of it, but uh uh it was it was really good. I I went into it expecting it to be kind of crap from um which I I shouldn't do that. I I went in with low expectations. I guess is what I'm saying. And I closed it and realized I had been thoroughly entertained. So Wonder Woman six oh one, I really enjoyed it. So there. Yeah, I mean I, I, I no I haven't I haven't sitting on the pot. I haven't read I haven't read it. Mm-hmm. You you uh, said uh if you haven't read Wonder Woman, ninety nine point nine percent of the listening audience just went, Hmm, I haven't read Wonder Woman. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's yeah, it's just one of those books, but it is. Yeah, it's I, it's I, like I the, think, the the black sheep of, of the D C stable. Yeah, and we've talked about it before. You know, they always talk about the trinity of you know Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, and I think very, um, very much so. Wonder Woman has been replaced in that, uh, certainly sales wise, by by Green Lantern. I was just going to say years. that they should kick Diana out and put Hal in. For yeah, that'd, that'd, that'd be cool. Yeah, I mean, for 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 tradition's sake, they can't and won't do that. But I think. You know, as as modern comic book fans, we kind of realize that you know they can say the Trinity, but you know mm-hmm. she she's not really at the definitely the lesser of the three. You I, know, yeah, I don't if think you it's so much about about um, tradition. I think mm-hmm. it's more about maintaining the use of the character because don't they have to publish so many Wonder Woman periodicals a year to retain the 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 use of the character, like from the Mars, uh, Marston estate. Oh, I, I, I have no idea. I, I think that's, yeah. that's why there's always been a Wonder Woman book, despite very low sales, is because if they don't, they can't use her anymore. Yeah. Well, if you oh, had to guess, guess, what do you think Wonder Woman is doing in sales? Uh, well, I mean, 600 and 601 will... Well, well I don't, I haven't, I don't think, I've seen 600 out, so... Oh, it's probably around the 30, I would say 18,000. 18,000. 30. Yes. I think 30 is, is, is being generous. Um, I, I, I kind of lean towards Vince, but I want to give it the benefit of doubt and say maybe low twenties. But uh, it's 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 high. It was high twenties before uh, JMS took over. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, so now Vince is probably right out of JMS to take over. Yeah. It, I mean, when uh, when they relaunched it, it was doing like eighty ninety thousand at that. You know when they relaunched it, mm-hmm. but you know obviously any time a book is relaunched, but uh, by by uh, by like uh, issue number twenty, it was down to like forty thousand, and then. Um, the last numbers I'm seeing here went from like 40 down to like 25 over the last year. Yeah, so. you know, I and I've said it on the show before, but I really think that that Wonder Woman's book should be the JLA. 
she's she's a great military leader she's an ambassador she's a diplomat uh, it everything that the JLA should stand for she embodies and you could so easily just install her as, as kind of the the, the permanent leader of the JLA and she could frontline that book mm-hmm. and so you keep her definitely with her her position as part of the Trinity and in yeah. in in, in DC's flagship title. I mean, she it's, she is the obvious leader of the JLA, and I think it would be good for the character. But they they seem sure. hesitant to do that. Yeah. So. Well, you know, it's it, when when Johns jumped off of Justice Society and they announced that Willingham and Sturgis were taking over. You know, a lot of people did the whole "Oh, I'm I'm out." You know, good run. I'm out. And and I I you know I, I I said that was you know weak. You should give you know at least give the new team a, a if you really like the characters in the story in the book you should at least give the new creative team a chance to keep your I mean if you don't like what they're doing that's one thing but to sort of prejudge them but I kind of feel like I'm being a little bit of a hypocrite because to be honest with you I I, I, I no I pre-ordered them I I just have had no interest in reading Wonder Woman since JMS took over and, and I'm, again I haven't read it so I can't it could be great I just but I'm just prejudging it based on the fact that yeah. I don't generally find it's very honest of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you have so. every right to do that. But uh, but no, well, no, sure, yeah, sure but it is hypocritical because I, yeah. you know, and it's well, enough. So I expect the first ten issues to be great, and then the last two to make me <laughs> angry. We, we get the Diana, Diana totem. Yeah. They're still using that, you know. I know the spider totem. Yeah, they're still using that. What is it about Spider Girl? Like what is this? The Falco is that part of his contract? Like, is he have a life? Like, I mean, honestly, like, of, yeah, like, like the Spider Universe. Like, I got yeah, nothing I, against her as a character. Like, I mean, she's fine and all, but but May's a great the, character. But she, she has is. right. But we're just like talk about a book that's never sold. I mean, right. never for all the people like that we do po- like on podcasts. Like, oh, that's one of the best books Marvel's doing. It never sells. Nobody reads that book. Never has. And then here we go. It's been what like three months since they canceled Spider Girl, and bam, we got a new Spider Girl coming. They, yeah. You know, it's like, but it's not I, May though. No, no, but it, yeah, it, it, I mean, it's six one six. The Falco and Friends and and Bushima's Spider Girl is the logical conclusion to that whole era in Amazing Spider-Man where they had the baby and Kane, you know, the whole brouhaha yeah. with the taking the baby away. That is the extension of that storyline. That's what would have happened had Marvel continued that that direction. And they, it, it's almost like they should have called it Amazing Spider-Man Forever. I mean, if you want to pattern it like they're doing now, that's what it is. That's what Spider Girl was, but uh, I it had a niche audience. I think it's great. And where else can you see Salbasima every freaking month like clockwork? Yeah, that, that's good. That yeah. that's the gift right there. I mean, the the, the old guard. Now you make me feel bad for not it. buying it because I always forget that he's doing. <laughs> you know, you know, pick, pick up. I picked up the first uh, two trades, and I'm trying to think what volume it was because that started in stops more than a more than a dragster. Uh, I, I've got uh, whatever happened to the daughter of Spider-Man, and uh, uh, that's the latest the incarnation. That's um, the latest one. And you know what? The two trades that I I really enjoyed. So yeah, yeah if you're looking to try a little Spider Girl, I think those are those are good good ones the, to jump. The original and, and it's collected it, in digests, right? Right. Yes. Yeah. But then they did. Uh, Larger versions of it somewhere along the the line, either before the digest or after. There there are larger versions, not of all of them, but talk about condensed storytelling. 
it's even a, a, uh, a tip of the hat to the old way of doing comics, too. There's a lot of content in the average issue of uh, Spider-Girl. It's... Yeah. It's the, yeah, it's great. You, don't it's you think in, in general we're just old, like, it, like the... Oh, yeah. Like, like, we're just, we're like, no, we're like old fickle bastards, like, collectively. Because oh, yeah. I would think, again, like, I was just, it's just certain things that I've been paying attention, like, and again, this is something we've all been guilty of, too. Like, people, I hear people complain now if, and I forget which, I was listening to some other podcast, and I don't remember which, probably better off, so I don't throw them under the bus, but they were bitching about how the conclusion to the battle that was happening was like really quick it happened in like half of an issue you know and they were like geez i mean you know there was no significance to it it only lasted for like 10 pages and it was over like whoop-de-doo and then i was thinking oh, okay, fair, fair criticism no, no I, but I was like okay but then i thought you know what though i'm guessing What's warlord that? Warlord. I don't remember what it was, but but the, that wasn't really the point. The point though is that so <laughs> the complaint was that that you know it wasn't there wasn't a long enough buildup so that you, you you didn't care. But then I thought, but yet don't we hear complaints all the time about how books are too decom you know decom decompressed now, right? right? And that, yes. And that they write for the trade, and that it's you know uh, what used to happen in one issue of Avengers takes nine issues now, right? And I'm like. You know, they're kind of damned if they do, damned if they don't, because they are catering to a group of people in general who have been reading comics for a long time. And we have a way, when it was, like Vince said, when it was the halcyon time, when it meant the most to us, comics were done a certain way. That really, in many ways, if you read them out, didn't really age that well. So we expect different now because we're adults. But at the same point in time, like, we want our cake, to, we want to have our cake and eat it too. Like, we want you to be action packed and never happy. Cool. Yeah, it is tough. It's really tough. I don't envy the writers. Yeah, yeah. it's um, F Phil Hester was uh, was tweeting something along those lines. He was uh, he said, you know, at, at forty two, you know, it's like you know when I was, uh, you know, I watched Raiders of the Lost Ark when I was a kid and 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 became totally um, just you know engrossed by it. as a forty two year old uh, adult. If I had watched that for the first time, you know, I, I probably would have enjoyed it, but been you know much more concerned about Marion's character arc and you know he was you know. <laughs> He was talking that based on what Jason's saying is as adults we we lose the fascination and and that that the the ability to be wrapped up in these stories and you know I think there's there's a lot to be said for that you know? a lot of and, us and a lot of us do like breaking up a little bit pal. You know, and, and we as comic book fans, I mean, we'll we'll love a comic, but we're fickle. I mean, we'll we'll love it, and then we'll turn on it on on a dime. And we do that with creators too. It's yeah, you know, I've seen I've seen creators that are have been absolutely adored, and you know, I think probably the you know, shit we talked about Neil Adams. People have turned on Neil Adams because of <laughs> beca right. because of you know some of his views outside of the world of comics. You know, Frank Miller is a god in this industry. And then, you know, we start, he starts becoming a joke with like Holy Terror Batman and All Star Batman and Robin. And now it's real easy to make fun of Frank Miller. Well, I'm going to get think, real here for you. You know who the newest one is for me in that, in that category? Hmm. James Robinson. James Robinson? Oh, shit. Why? I'm just keeping it real. I, I mean, well, he's back doing, I mean, I, I've read. I, I think I've read almost everything he's done since he's kind of made his DT come back in. I gotta be honest with you, at least for me, I'm only speaking for me. He's, he's, a, he's a 500 hitter. Yeah, it ain't. It, most of it has not been very strong. I, in my opinion, I look. I don't want all the voicemails and the. Oh, it's great. If it's great for you, awesome. I'm, I'm happy it's working I'm, for you. It I, must was be working I was for talking with Suntress. Getting, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I was talking with Suntress tonight before we were, were recording, and kind of had the same conversation that you know I was like you know I I, I like James. Uh, I I like. 
a lot of you know Starman is a classic series. He's a 500 hitter right now with what he's doing at, at DC. Cry for Justice that that got nominated for an Eisner. <laughs> he got that he got nominated for best writer at the Eisners, and Rucka didn't even get mentioned for his work on Detective. It was fucking. Travis, yeah, that was. I agree. The biggest <laughs> like, for cry for just really, yeah, yeah, yeah. So no, I'm right there with you, man. Mm-hmm. I read something. Yeah. If you want to continue you this uh, discussion, yes. Do you have any more to to say on? No, that? no, man. I'm, I I want to hear your dulcet tones by a writer that has an impeccable track record. Pretty much oh. the best track record in the business. That'd be Alan Moore. It is Alan Moore. Very good. <laughs> Alan Moore is is not only a man of consummate skill, he is a man of impeccable taste. <laughs> he is, because he loves Howard Phillips' Lovecraft, and so do I. Ooh, Neonomicon. Yes, Neonomicon. I didn't, I, not Neonomicon. only did I read Neonomicon number one, I read The Courtyard, the story. Still, oh, nice, st- okay. I'm still working through The Courtyard. I, I, keep, I keep trying to read it too late at night. I need to do it when I'm lucid. And I read The Courtyard Companion, which was published also by uh, Avatar. And I will um, float this out there. If you are at all interested in reading Neonomicon 1, you have to read The Courtyard. You cannot, oh, really? Because I, yes, I got Neonomicon 1. I have not read it yet. You, can't, you cannot jump in because way too much of the story is already under the bridge. You have to oh, read it. I don't them. have the courtyard, so... And you also, yeah, yeah. I will give you another little bit of advice, make sure that you buy the Courtyard Companion. Really? Because there is a lot of references to the Cthulhu mythos in the Courtyard. It's like Alan Moore extended his slimy, segmented pseudopods and just corralled all of this Cthulhu mythos characters and locations and events and not only from Lovecraft though the other writers that contributed to the Cthulhu mythos too Clark Ashton Smith Edgar Allan Poe uh, Arthur Madchen August Derleth I mean the footnotes there's a hundred let me let me get the exact number there's a hundred and twenty one footnotes to um, Alan Moore's The Courtyard and let's be fair Anthony Johnston adapted Alan Moore's short story so it's it's a the original courtyard is a uh, collaboration between Alan Moore and Anthony Johnston oh so just like with um uh, light of, uh, light of that countenance right right yep. but okay. Alan Moore spills the beans in Neonomicon number 1 with uh the character of the FBI agent uh what's her name damn it Scully. no 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 um Meryl Breers she spills the beans on what the courtyard and now this Neonomicon is. She said, Gordon, there's something weird about this. It's, see, it's almost like some big literary in-joke. That's what Neonomicon and the courtyard are. They are a tip of the hat to H.P. Lovecraft and all the writers that, that worked on the Cthulhu mythos. There are events. Uh, Lovecraft had a story called The Horror at Red Rock, or I'm sorry, Red Hook. That took place on Clinton Street in in New York City. That's where the courtyard takes place. And there's uh. little characters will pass through that are pulled from, say, uh, you know, the lurker on the threshold from August Derleth. And you wouldn't know it unless, one, you were a fan of H.P. Lovecraft, or two, you read The Companion. And 
to be honest, as in, in typical Alan Moore style, you really don't need to, to pick up on every one of the literary references or sly little nudge, nudge, wink, wink references to, to Lovecraft's books. The story plays out perfectly on its own, but it's, it's in knowing that is, it, it just enhances your, well, at least my enjoyment of, of the story. And it is a crazy ass story. Oh, gods. It's, uh, the original courtyard, uh, an FBI agent named Aldo Sachs is investigating a series of dismemberments. And the weird thing about it is three different uh, perpetrators have killed in very much the same ways. And there are little things that um, bind all these people. And that's what he is. He's an anomaly theorist. He doesn't look at he looks at a pattern, but he looks at the invisible pattern, the things that you can't pick up on. Like, say, say all the, you, he's not looking for similarities. He's looking for anomalous instances and how they re somehow relate to the goings on. So he has a pretty unique eye. And, uh, you had a vagrant, a, a young child, uh, say a teenage child and, uh, a bookworm type figure all do these brutal dismemberments where they, they splay open the body in this, they, they, they will cut the chest cavity open like a flower or they'll cut off the hands or the heads and take them somewhere else and leave the body. And there's this, somehow there's a pattern in all this and it leads him to this club this club Zathik and a band that plays there that during the band set they'll start speaking in Cthulhu speak like that uh, Cthulhu and all that you know that, that very idiosyncratic style of language that Lovecraft used for his mythology and that leads to something else and in the Neonomicon it picks up with the Aldo Sachs is now incarcerated they got him and two FBI agents Gordon Lamper and the aforementioned Meryl Breers are investigating the uh, situations because it it appears that the murders are starting again. And it is incredible. The hook that Alan Moore lays in the courtyard is unbelievable. I, I don't want to spill the beans, but it's to, to try and explain what finally does the FBI agent in would ruin it for you. But it's a concept that's really neat. I'm not going to get into it, but you need to read it, and you need to read Neonomicon because they are great stuff. Yeah, I was really looking forward to Neonomicon, but now i got to get the courtyard. Mm. You do, unfortunately. I really think, and they did reissue them, which is why I bought them. Yep. They, mm -hmm. they they offered them again in uh, accordance to this new series, and I bought the wrap cover for Neonomicon number one. It's Cthulhu slumbering in the, in the briny depths of the ocean, and there's mm -hmm. whales floating around them, and you can see the uh, ruins of Relais, that's the uh, the city from the the, the mythos that uh, Cthulhu is associated with, and oh man, Neonomicon one is brutal, brutal. And the thing the thing about Lovecraft, it, it's not so much. Uh, and Anthony Johnson goes into this in in the uh, companion to uh, the courtyard. It's not so much with characters staying alive; it's more about characters staying sane. Madness is a huge. Um, caveat with the Lovecraft things his his oh, characters go crazy before they die and uh, there's this this Meryl Breers is a sex addict so she's mentally unstable to begin with and I'm thinking spoilers 
No, that, that's. I mean, she. Spoilers. It's it's in the first couple pages there. She confesses to her partner that you know, yeah, I had to take some time off because I had the sex problem, and uh, you know, that's not a problem as far as I'm concerned. But uh, you know, so she's not mentally 100. percent I'm I'm guessing she's going to be the in for whatever eldritch horrors are going to work their dark magics in this series. So we'll see, but oh, fantastic. And this Jason Burroughs guy, I had to warm up to his art. Mm-hmm. I like Burroughs. Because it, it, it's very, it's not very ornamental. There's not a whole lot of stylistic things going on. Or He's very matter-of-fact. He has a thin line. He just, he, he, he draws, he's, he's very much a realist. And, and I appreciate that after a while because when you have concepts like these extra dimensional beings and, and, uh, when you read the courtyard, the, the conceptual hook at the end is, wow, it's fascinating. I wouldn't you, want uh, a whole lot of ornamentation to, uh, if you pick accompany up that. Zero issue, it's, uh, came out, when did that come out? It was earlier this year. Um, it's got, uh, um, it's got Moore's script along with it. Yes. And it also has Moore's short story in, in the companion. Yeah. There's there's a complete script which is annotated, and you get a little bit of commentary from uh, Anthony Johnson, and you get Moore's complete short story for the courtyard. It's it's invaluable. You need to read it if you're if you're going to ever get into this stuff. It's it, it sucks for for Avatar because not only are they selling a new series, they got to sell an old series too because it's a package deal. You can't have one without the other. I, I think anyway. Hey, eleven o'clock is this route? So me and Daryl on the Facebook talking about Wonder Woman's new costume with the jacket. And then I brought it up how that looks like the 90s Avengers with the jacket. And I was like, that was one of the low points. And he was saying that was one of the better runs. And then we started talking and I remembered like the Proctor file, the gathering, um, the blood tires, and the Operation Galactic Storm from that era. So my question is, could you really hate an era of comic books if you have such memories of it? Because even though I didn't like that run, it's memory burned in my memory. I remember all the issues. Can I take a minute and thank you? Oh, go ahead. (laughs) So, taking your advice from a couple weeks ago, uh, um, I uh, dropped uh, an email to uh, Mr. Brandon Leach. Um, He of the the pterodactyl hunters in the Gilded Age. Mm. And... uh, and I got my copy in this weekend, and I was out in the living room, and and, and Marta was watching uh, me, and I kept going, "Oh, shit. oh, oh, that's oh, that's awesome!" It was it was one of those it was one of those books that um, I I put down, and it made me happy to be a comic book fan, and that and, and my friend didn't it? You were like, "I love him." I, I um, I owe I owe Vince again. Um, yeah, because I have anything to do with the actual comic. <laughs> well, for you know, for what, his world. for what people know about it, and you know, some sometimes the, you know, there's just something that comes along where you're like, okay, this is, um, you know, and the art is not going to not going to appeal to everyone. No, you're um, right. The the story is not going to appeal to everyone, um, but for me. Um, I absolutely loved it. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll say, if you're a fan, and, and we're talking about Alan Moore, if you're a fan of like League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, mm-hmm. I think that you would love this this uh, newspaper comic and the, the the packaging, the presentation of it. Yeah. It's just for it is it is absolutely perfect 
at what it does. Right. There's a very mm. strong pulp element to it. How cool would it be to jump into a hot air balloon with a huge, <laughs> big-ass harpoon gun and go hunting prehistoric beasts? I mean, it sticks, it sticks of dynamite. Yeah, flipping <laughs> sticks of dynamite at flying dinosaurs. Yeah. But, but it's so much more than that, though. It, it's, it's the... The the struggle that these two brothers have, and um, a, it's a, a long about, it's a, yeah, it's a book about two brothers. Yeah, and they who just happen to hunt dinosaurs, and and one has yeah. has has been saddled with uh, huge expectations because his brother is the shit, yep. and and he's got to live up to that, and, and it's him worming his way out of his brother's shadow and what he'll do to accomplish that. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's a great it was, little book. I I. I absolutely adored it, and uh, and when you order it, and uh, you can go to um, was I I know a secret. Is that I know a, the, I know a shortcut. I know a shortcut. Yeah, I know a shortcut dot com, and that's got all of your uh, all your contact info. And uh, I'll say, in addition to the uh, to the comic being awesome, the envelope that it comes in is oh yeah is fantastic. Awesome. Yeah, I I saved it. it it's uh oh yeah. Uh, Brendan Leach uh, and his address, and there's a a uh, a man in a a bad suit holding another dude that's just been shot, and it's in black and white. And he went in with a red marker and <laughs> drew a little blood splatter on the on the bullet holes. It's neat. <laughs> I, I so thank you. I uh, absolutely adore it. Thank me. I, thank Brendan well, Leach for making it. it. Thank you for turning me on to it, and uh, and thanks to to Brendan for for making such a, an awesome comic. And seriously, folks, if you haven't, he'll send it to you for postage. Which I think you know, if you're in, we have listeners in Australia that got it for like five bucks, and most people here in the U.S. will get it for you know two dollars. Mm-hmm. So yeah. um, order it up, and hey, it's two dollars, and. If you don't like it, I'll guarantee you that you have a friend that that will. So so order it up. It was great. Truth. There you go. Truth. Just uh, one. I'm flipping through the damn courtyard, and oh my god, Cthulhu is in here. Yeah. If anyone who loves H.P. Lovecraft, and if you don't love, if you weren't exposed to H.P. Lovecraft and you don't love them, uh, may Shubnigareth wear your testicles for earrings. There is a double-page spread in here with all, not all, but a whole mess of the the Elder Gods, the Deep Ones, and it is just astounding. It's amazing, amazing work. Uh, I I can't praise this book enough. It's Alan Moore, for God's sake. It is Alan Moore, exactly. That's that's all you need to know. Uh, and honestly, I think it's his most one of his more compelling works in, in a not a long time, because everything Alan Moore writes just explodes. But this, there's... It's the it's the Lovecraft connection that's got me all excited. Lovecraft awesome. is is, yep. is one of my gods. Well, I'm glad you said all this because I was all set to read uh, Neonomicon number one uh, yeah. in the next couple of days, and I I would have I guess been uh, worse for the bear. Yeah. Well, you're a smart dude. You would have picked up on it, but the the surprise that occurs at the end of the courtyard is is worth uh, waiting for to to yeah cool to just put Neonomicon on hold until you read that. Sure thing. Yeah. Neat. I you know, am, we have, uh, yeah, there we go. I haven't um it's been a good long while since I bought anything from the Top Cow universe. Oh boy. Oh. Oh. And in my D C B S box was Artifacts number one. Oh, I'm glad I read that too. There you go. Word. 
this was um this was cool. I I uh written by Ron Mars. The the art on the main story was uh pencils by Michael Broussard and inks by Rick Basildua and Sal Regla, who I'm familiar with. The the art is I, I didn't know if I was gonna get because I, I really didn't look at the credits when, when I was placing the order. I just knew that after reading the free comic book day zero issue, I was getting it. So I, Cause I thought you didn't read the darkness, right? Cause no, Bruce, I haven't, Bruce, I haven't, Broussard did the darkness. Okay. Right. Yeah. Um, I haven't read any darkness. I haven't read Witchblade since maybe the, well, her first appearance with this, she crossover, but there, um, there hasn't been a whole lot from top cow. I mean, they, like you, you need to get on, Phil Hester's Darkness. <laughs> but go, go ahead. Yeah. Seriously. David, serious. visually, Broussard is Silvestri by the way of Rocafort. Do you see that? I do see it. I was thinking yeah. Lanil you, but yes. I, yep. I can see the Rocafort. I was going to say, I, yeah, I, I, I'm with David. I was going to say Rocafort and Lionel, excuse me, Rocafort and Lionel you love child. Okay. And, and and I, I'm, I'm looking at some of the way some people are, are standing or, or they're how they're interacting with each other, and um, maybe some Tom Palmer, just the way some people look. But mm-hmm. it's what, it's. Uh, what cover did you get? Oh well, two two covers. One of which hasn't arrived. I ordered the the jam cover because I believe that one's signed. Uh, that one hasn't arrived yet. But I ordered cover C by Dale Keel. Oh, isn't that a gorgeous cover? Yeah, it really is. It has nothing to do with the inside cover. Until you get no, the it yeah, it didn't. But no, but it's, I just figured it'd be cool to have a Dale Keown cover. Yeah, seriously, it's, yeah. it's gorgeous. He needs to do more work. He oh. does. He does I know. Uh, I'm pretty eating Matt Skyver if he's not he's not working. I would say Keown draws the sexiest uh, the sexiest Sarah Pizzini ever. And she mad? Well, it's hard not to draw Sarah Pizzini sexy, but. She's gorgeous. Well, Sylvester exactly. managed to in his two-page origin, so there you go. Yeah, Sylvester Sylvester has a tendency to draw people squinty. Oh, their, their, their eyes are all squinty, and and I don't. Know, I like to see eyes, and and that's what I like about Keown's cover. She's you all eyes what? and boobs. Broussard and Roqueford are both great examples of how I do think it's high time that uh, Top Cow stop being held in the penalty box for. You're right. Being like. You know, like like they have really quality artists. Again, you know, pencilers and teams on those books. I, I those guys are both very very good. And and well, certainly they are from the same school of the classic image look, the Sylvester look. I, they're they're very good and they're great storytellers. I mean, they they they. It's not fair. For, I, I'm only speaking to because I think there's still a lot of people, unfortunately, that just just ignore Top Cow because yeah, it's, it's weird. Cow. Have you read uh, Cyberforce Hunter Killer? No. Rocafort's. Uh, Oh my God! Every issue. No, I know it's I, I mean, I'm guilty of not talking about it only because I haven't read it yet. But I, visually, oh my God, they're stunning. Rocafort, he, he's a, a monster, and Broussard should be a household. Well, in the comic book households, anyway, everybody should be batting around uh, Broussard's name because he is going to blow up. He's so good. Yeah. Let me repeat: If you're not reading Phil Hester's Darkness, you are missing out. You are. But let David let David good. speak because he's I yes. actually I just since we keep talking or since you keep mentioning Roquefort, I realize I lied. Uh when Matt Arage first came out, I think I bought right. the first couple issues. Yeah. So he's improved since bought. then though. Yes, he has. Yeah, but, he has. Um as far Not as that, that was bad, though, but yeah. The, sorry. The uh well, Renee wasn't wowed by it. The I'm I'm let's say I don't know who a lot of the players are. 
the, the the zero issue got me interested. The first issue now now I'm in for for the year for for the long haul. The uh, finding out who all the players are not that difficult. Everything's kind of broken down. Uh, you know, I know that Hope is the child of Witchblade and, and Darkness, and yep. bad things happen if she's in the wrong hands. And there are two guardians for hope everything is you don't need you don't need tons of editors notes you don't need a recap page at the beginning i think ron mars did a fantastic job of just setting it up and these are who the people are you're not going to feel lost i don't you know i i don't doubt that you'll be able to catch up along the way there's going to be the two-page origin stories for for each of the 13 artifacts throughout the series you're uh and and it just it got me it, it, from the yeah. first page right right with, with with Sarah pointing a gun at a perp and 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 you know right to the last page with uh, with Aphrodite four and and uh, Aphrodite and and it's just yeah it it was cool I didn't have low expectations I mean I I kind of I was psyching myself up for it and I'm I'm definitely not disappointed yeah. initially I was a little bit pessimistic because the mechanic of the whole series. 13 different artifacts, 13 issues. It just, it was kind of pat, kind of, yeah, okay, you know. Okay. They've, they've just drummed up these mystic artifacts to make an issue for every, every issue of this series. But uh, the more I think about it, a lot of what Mars is doing actually transforms the Top Cow universe. It makes sense. What he's doing, he's, okay. he's taking these characters and, in a sense, giving them purpose. Much like what, Al, he's like the Alan Moore of the Top Cow universe. He's coming in, cleaning house, making sense of things and getting everything in a nice little column. Okay, you, you had the darkness and the Angelus, who, you know, the forces of light and the forces, forces of darkness, who just so happen to get together and make the Witchblade. The Witchblade is the balance. She keeps the balance of good and evil. That makes sense. All right, I'm with you there. And then you have the progeny of the Witchblade in the Darkness, this supposedly uber-powerful child who completely eradicated this host of angels with just a blink of her eye and hasn't, yep. done, it, hasn't done it since. And then you have these characters who each possess something of import, and there's another unknown force who wants to corral all these things? Right. And as soon as I opened up the Zero issue and I saw Aphrodite 23, who I know her as, David, back when David Finch was, was doing Aphrodite, <laughs> I said, oh, yeah. you, got, you got me. Okay, started off with friggin' Aphrodite. I'm there. Green hair, big boobies, you got me. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, I... Aphrodite 9? Wasn't it Aphrodite? 4. In, in the book, 4. Originally, it was 23, wasn't it? Aphrodite 23 or I something? So. No, or Aphrodite X? Whatever. But, um... It's more than that. It, that's the thing that I'm enjoying about this. It's not the typical top cow. What we've, and that's part of what Jason was talking about. Top cow seems to have, I will say, earned a little bit. They have earned the stigma that they have. Way back when, it was all TNA. Yeah, you, oh, yeah, yeah. it was. Top cow's grown up. They've yeah, grown up but they, they, they've purged a lot of that to a certain extent. You will still get the, the Witchblade covers that are just. Mm -hmm. Tits and ass, unfortunately. Right. But na now, yeah, wouldn't stop. This, uh, um, I, 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 I want to cut that out as a clip of Vince saying, yeah, it's just tits and ass, unfortunately. And just, it, you know, 
well, because a bumper for the show. And, and, and this is a testament to Ron Mars. I've grown to really love these characters. How many times in the past have you mentioned that you read Witchblade and I gave you shit for it? <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I was on your ass when you said, yeah, I still buy Witchblade. You have a what? Uh, a 75-issue run 100. of Witchblade? Me? Oh, yeah, I, I've, I've, got, I've, got one, I've got one through 100. But unfortunately, you dropped the book 10 issues after it got good. Yeah, I, I have one through 100. I probably stopped reading after like 60. And just right. kept buying it. When, when Ron Mars came in, he just he did a lot of house cleaning, and and I I, I love these characters now, like uh, the Darkness and Sarah Pizzini and and the Angelus and uh, Danielle. Oh, Baptiste. hell! There's there's one supporting character who I don't know anything. I know more about her now. That the, there's a par there's a couple of paragraphs on on some of the players at the end of the book. Yeah. And and there's one character who I found out more about her. In those couple of paragraphs, but her part in the main story, I would, that hit me in the gut. When when I when I got to that, page, I was like, oh damn! I'm like I'm I'm digging this character, and all of a sudden, and I don't want to spoil anything. And all of a sudden, it's like, oh crap! Yeah. Oh man! And and I never do that because it's like, wow! You just either introduce this person to do something bad to them, which you know, Mars, I guess, has been accused in the past. But it's it's one of those things where it's like. Okay, I'm not. I'm not going to care if, I, especially if like it's, it's a little kid or something. It's like, oh, good, because you're annoying. I don't care what happens to you. But here in this <laughs> case, it's like, wow, I can't believe they did it. And it's yeah. like, and and now I'm just like, all right. So I think a lot of the impact came from just how sudden it was. Yes. Yeah. Kapow! But uh, it, it's fascinating. I really like to sit back and and look at what they've done with the Top Cow universe and and. I'm. I have to say, I'm. I'm as surprised as anyone, just how creatively solid it is. Yep. And and hats off to uh, to Philip Sublique, who who you know is, yeah. is. I mean, he's he's captain in that ship and and doing a really good job. And uh, and uh, and we've talked you know a while ago when they were doing the the five dollar trades. I mean, they also have yeah. have been very creative as a as a publisher in mm-hmm. doing just about anything they can think of to try and get the books into more people's hands, you know, whether mm-hmm. it be pricing or format or, um, you know, so I, I, I give them a lot of credit. And, and I don't know, again, just based on the time, I don't know that it's a lot of those things have, have really helped increase the, the profile, but, but it's certainly not for lack of quality. Um, right. yeah. Taking well, the, the initiative sure, sure to, to guarantee that their ongoing series will remain at two ninety nine for another year. That's that's big doings as far oh, as I'm did? concerned. Yeah, uh, la- last year they said. Well, I know for, last year they did. Yeah, well, yeah, I said, that's, 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 that's and I think Kirkman now, I said so. that, uh, and then Kirkman said everything was going to ship on time from him. But I, I know that. Oh, well, he, did, he did that for a year. No, that's what I'm saying. I remember. I, I remember image. Yeah, I, I think that that. I think that Top Cow promise was for the year. It's over now. Actually, well, no, the the Witchblade and Darkness are still two ninety nine. It's it's the miniseries. Like yeah, uh, right. what I'm saying is, I think Philip has now said that it's not necessarily they're not going to re up that promise. Is one of my point oh, there because because wow. I, I don't know his. I mean, to his credit, he he said that he doesn't know that it had any kind of their books being two ninety nine while everything else went to three ninety nine didn't have any noticeable yeah, not impact on their sales improving on a relative basis. So sort of like can't beat them, join them type of thing. Charges I mean, so, so shit. Yeah, so shit. Charges the extra yeah. buck. Well, I, I will say if it comes down to cutting books, the top cow books will be among the last to go. Yeah. I, I won't give them up, even well, if they and, do go through. Know, ultimately, when you're talking about a crossover an event, I mean Marvel and DC have forgotten this because it's so instantiated in in, in their their publishing 
concept now, but certainly for a group like Top Cow, I mean, obviously they're trying to do this to get people in that wouldn't normally try it. And to that end, I will say they are doing it because much like David, I, I did read some Darkness and some Witchblade, um, but not a ton of it when those trades came out. And I enjoyed it, but I didn't keep up with it. But this Artifacts is off to such a strong start that I'm genuinely curious about a lot of these other characters. I'm I'm curious about Angelus now. I'm I'm curious about Magdalena. I, I you know, and these are the characters that I really haven't given much thought to when I see them on previews. Um, so um, yeah. they so, need so they need to do a a two page backup on the Angelus soon because like they did with uh, Sarah Pizzini, the Witchblade in in the first issue. I hope they do the Angelus soon because she's an, uh, integral to the Witchblade series. If you haven't read well, the I last, that they're going to be doing like a a two page sort of a hot move for each of the right artifact oh, yeah, for each of the Yes, yeah. they yeah. they better do her sooner than later though, mm-hmm. because there's a lot of things associated with the character that became the Angelus that factor into the Witchblade a lot. Well, I don't know how much. I mean, basically the two page origin for for Witchblade it was just. It was a couple of caption boxes. It was. It wasn't. You kind of pretty much got caught up. Sarah found the Witchblade, and it protects her. I mean, there was. And over the it's years, you. it's it's protected women or yep. women in the bearers. I mean, it was. Hopefully, you know whether Darkness is next or Angelus or whoever that that will maybe get something a little bit more flesh. I mean, you don't have to give everything away because as soon as you turn the page, you get to the back cover. Then boom, there's your five dollar. There's your ad for your five dollar trade. From yep. the Mars issues, there's the uh, there's the first six issues from Volume One. I will say, in the last order for uh, um, for the books coming in September, before I got the first issue of Artifacts, I did order the trade for the Firstborn miniseries. Yay! Mm-hmm. It's great. It's good. Ooh, Stephen Stephen Sajic. Woo! I <laughs> love that dude. I love him. I love his Dale Kim cover. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, big doings in in firstborn too, yeah. So yeah, if if you haven't read Top Cow uh, stuff, I, I, I'm guessing this is the time to do it. Get in on board on on the Artifact series. Uh, it's going to be a primer to everything that is the Top Cow universe. They're yeah. they're just they're just making this one big cohesive ball of goodness, and, and you'll be in on it. Did I just hear Vince compare Scout to Unknown Soldier? or unknown soldier to scout, whatever I just said. That is some grade A bullshit, my friend. The only two of those things share is, yeah, it's dark. Every issue except the scout, you get a hell of a payoff. Makes you just pump that fist in the air and go, yes, this is what comics are supposed to be about. Jason Aaron's the man. No one should mess with him. Unknown soldier, please. That's going to be a forgotten title within months after the final issue. Just saying. Yeah. Do you guys like to laugh? Like, no, I hate it. Like, like big old laugh. I like to laugh at things versus with them. That's <laughs> yeah, just, that's just because you're mean. I got two. <laughs> I got two funny books to talk about. Um, real quick. Uh, one was um, sent to me by our good friend, uh, Mr. Will Piper. Yay! Will. Yay! Um, last year at the uh, uh, at the Wizard World Chicago, uh, or God, it was either Wizard World last year or at C two E two. I can't remember. They all bleed together. Will was telling me about um, Superman and Batman: World's Funnest by Evan Dorkin and friends. Mm-hmm. It's an Elseworlds um, book, and um, some of the. Are you guys? Do you know about this book? Yep. 
some of the uh, the artistic talent that graces the pages of this. Um, some folks that you've probably heard of: uh, Mike Allred, Brian Bolwin, Frank Cho, um, uh, Stephen uh, DiStefano, Dave Gibbons. Uh, Jaime Hernandez, Stuart Eminem, Phil Jimenez, Doug Mankey, David Mazzucchelli, Frank Miller, uh, Alex Ross, uh, Bruce Tim, Jim Woodring. Uh, oh. It's yeah, it's a it's 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 a pretty it's a pretty awesome list of artists and some seriously seriously funny stories by Evan Dorkin who's a guy who doesn't get enough play in in comics. Absolutely. I totally agree with you for once. Yeah. Oh, for once. <laughs> so, so thank you, Will. I'm um I'm I'm just about done. It's it's a it's a um more, it's an Elseworlds format, so it's a little it's a little thicker than your average size comic, but um, I am I am loving it, and it's a uh, Mixia's Pitalik and and Batmite are the are the antagonists. Uh, Sweet. So yeah, so it's great. And uh, the other one um, from uh, the the fine folks at Bongo Comics. Oh, I knew it. The comic comic book guy. The comic. Oh, yes. I haven't read it yet. Oh, yeah. Did, I can't yeah. So awesome! How surprised so awesome. were you when you opened the cover and saw another cover? The cover, yeah. <laughs> All the variant covers are on it. This damn it. thing has four covers. Mm-hmm. It's nuts. It is perfect in what it is. It yep. is the uh, the 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 uh, uh, the crisis. The uh, the the uh, parody on the the Superman uh, Supergirl cover yep. is yep. with Homer holding. Uh, Holding comic book guy, but he has all the neighborhood oh, kids propping him up. It is it is so so perfect in what it is, and if you are a fan of the Simpsons or are able to laugh at yourself for the comic book fan that you are, it is it is so funny and so perfect. So yeah. I really hope that people pick this up because I big old belly laughs whenever I was reading it. While you're on the subject of giving the underdog props, Bill Morrison, he's the creative director at Bongo. He deserves a lot of credit for this stuff. Oh, it, he, yeah. It, so, so it, it's perfect. I, I get the complete Bongo output every month. Bart Simpson, Futurama, The Simpsons Magazine, this. I, I, I can't turn up a Bongo comic. I just can't because they're so good. They're a lot of fun. I mean, if you go in expecting to be uh, wowed like your average superhero comic, you're not going to get it. They're just good, fun. You'll laugh. And and yeah. you'll mar- you'll marvel at this beautiful cartooning that exists for nothing else than just to cartoon, just beautiful cartooning. It's great. Totally I re- agree. I was a little bit torqued that Comic Book Guy was three ninety nine, but it does have multiple covers, so the hell is it? It was it was awesome, and I, I'm getting this, and you know, annually there, you know, the it, if there's one Bongo comic that you buy, you have to get the. Uh, Treehouse of Horror yeah. every year. That that is a tour de force of awesomeness. Yeah. Yep, and it's all indie creators for the most part. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is even better. Yeah, J- Jeff Brown uh, has been in there. I think Hillary has had some stuff. Um, it's yeah, it, it's it's Gail Simone wrote for wrote for Simpsons for mm-hmm. for quite a while. Um, so yeah, Bongo has had some had some amazing talent work on their books. And the uh, the Treehouse of Horror is it's almost like um, you know Marvel's Strange Tales, the uh, the the indie yeah. anthology. Uh, the, the, 
think of that, but as uh, Simpsons comics. It's it's fantastic. Jeffrey Brown, Dash Shaw, CF. It's nuts the, the yeah. amount of talent they get for that. that. Peter Bag has did did he do some Simpsons? Gene Colan has been in the Treehouse of Horrors. Yeah. Rob Zombie, uh, Alice Cooper, just crazy. It's just it seems yeah. like it, it's um, their greatest hits comic every year, and it's always surprising who they manage to corral to do do work for them. Yep, people Mongo, love the Mongo Simpsons. Nice yep, mm-hmm. I have to make a confession. Oh. Knowing my taste in, in, in genre f- characters, you would think that I read The Goon religiously. I don't. Oh, you should. I don't. I, I, I got in on the ground floor way back when, uh, when it was published by, not Dark Horse, um, I forget the uh, name of the publisher. Uh, I think it was Powell's, uh, public, uh, publishing. Oh, here, hold on. You yeah, it was, but I don't read The Goon. I, I've just lapsed for some, for whatever reason, I haven't mm-hmm. read it for years. And it was Richard Corbin, there's that name again, that got me to pick up the, uh, First two issues of the three-issue miniseries featuring Buzzard from the from the from the pages of the Goon. The first issue has a Richard Corbin cover. It's outstanding. It, it's got a lot of negative space. It's the Buzzard character on the on the back of this skeletal horse. It's fantastic. But anyway, I guess this was it, was Buzzard, it, Al, was it Albatross. Oh, sounds familiar. Yeah, sounds familiar. That's, that may have been the first publisher. But the 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 point is. I, I, I've lost track of the goon and, and I'm, I'm sad because I hear excellent things. I love Eric Powell's storytelling. I love his cartooning. Uh, the way he draws is just, it's, it's a little bit EC, a little bit Bernie Wrightson and a little bit something, uh, uh, unique to himself. It's fantastic. So I saw this on the shelf with the uh, Corbin. I picked it up. It's really good. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's strange because it reads like a demented gothic children's book. There's a there's a lot of big panels and it, a lot of uh, text over art. Like uh, there, there's there's a little bit of dialogue, but for the most part, it it it, it plays out like a kid's storybook. And uh, it's this buzzard character who has been cursed by by something, and he just like the wandering Jew. He just traipses all over the the the, the land, getting into uh, these strange and lovecraftian situations it's the best curse ever by the way and it's 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 gorgeous i mean i think a lot of the reason why it's so successful not to slight powell because he's a great draftsman dave stewart colored it oh oh, it's magnificent just it, it looks to me like watercolor uh, I don't know how he did it, what medium he's using, but it looks like watercolor with a little bit of uh, pencil or, or, or chalk on, on top of it, uh, in addition to Powell's pencils. Fantastic, very moody, very atmospheric work. And uh, the buzzard is a cannibal, which I didn't know. And uh, kind of. he uh, kind of he's eating human well, flesh. He's, uh, no, he's a, no, it he, does. He eats, he eats zombies. No, he's eating dead humans in this one. Dead humans. Well, humans that have recently died. I don't. They're not. Well, it makes sense. That's what a buzzard does. Yeah. 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 Right. 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 But it's not exclusively. uh, Oh, not exclusively zombies. That's right. No, no. He has to eat dead flesh. Is his is his curse? But he's a he's a zombie hunter as well. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, he stumbles upon this village that has uh, encountered a problem. These simian like characters they're 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 plagued with with uh, uh nastiness from these these half men half 
half monkey monster type creatures and the buzzard is uh, his services are, are uh, retained to get them out of this situation it's a very simple story but man it is it's nuts how beautiful this artwork is and the backup story is uh, Billy the Kid's old-timey oddities and oh, cool. it's written by Powell drawn David Kyle Holtz get out of here yes <laughs> uh, uh, an another artist in the rights and camp uh, just magnificent and Kelly Jones and Kelly Jones right right and uh, it's it's got a little bit of a Blair Witch vibe to it there's this evil she creature that's plaguing uh, this uh, group of gypsies and, and eating them and you'll find out what happens just I'm sorry Eric Powell that I don't read the goon regularly I should really correct that mistake I have a confession it, it, you've, you've never read never the goon read a singular page of the goon Oh, if you're a, oh, there you go. Double confession. See, if you're a horror fan like myself, and it, like say you you read Hack Slash, there's no reason not to read The Goon because it's very much in that wheelhouse. It, it, it's 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 pulp. It's horror. It's um. It's got it's got a uh, real 1950s um, kind of humor vibe to it. It's uh. Yeah. It, it's it, very easy. And I've said this. I've, I've said this several times. It's perfect in what it does. Um, the goon is. Um, you pick, pick up the first trade and and check it out. And it's got kind of the some some real humorous parts to it. Mm -hmm. But there's also a uh, a pretty serious graphic novel that he did called Chinatown uh, and the Mystery of Mister Wicker. And it is uh, kind of the origin of the goon. Mm -hmm. And it plays a lot straighter than the regular series there's always there's always sight gags he has his little uh partner uh frankie um <laughs> yeah. who has no who, pupils yeah yeah frankie's <laughs> awesome and has the uh the the best reoccurring line which is knife to the eye um knife which, to the eye yes which ties into the injury to the eye motif that was prevalent <laughs> among among the ec books yeah um, but uh, yeah, pick up pick up the the Goon Volume One, and if you if you like it, um, but want to read a more serious take on the Goon, pick up the uh, the Chinatown graphic novel because he took a lot of chances with that with that graphic novel because it is um, very ungoon like or goon book I have, I have because to get it plays that. it plays much more serious. It's much more like a uh, uh, you know kind of a neo noir story uh, of the goon. It really pays up plays up the uh, the pulp crime aspect of it mm -hmm. more so than the other stuff. Because I mean, yeah, you, the the regular goon series you've got zombies and the buzzard, and there's a real supernatural twist to it, and the whole you know the goon's backstory is very um, um, dread pirate roberts like it's it's some really really entertaining stuff yeah uh in the second issue it's a three issue miniseries but there's a page in the second issue for those who have seen the mover poster for the film westworld dave stewart mm -hmm. pulls the westworld color palette and if you've seen it you know what i'm talking about it's enough to make you buy all three issues this one page is gorgeous he he it's all sepia and burnt umbers and oranges and he does this orangish holding line around the goon uh, not the goon uh the buzzard it's it's one of those pages where you won't forget it it's absolutely stunning and that i would say if you like great art get this miniseries because powell and uh stewart they do great work together oh god this is yeah. gorgeous yeah <laughs> and another another disappointment. While I'm I'm a common theme, I, I read Doctor Solar. 
The oh, new I had one? That too, but I didn't. I didn't oh yeah, my god! What oh, the no. hell? <laughs> what in the hell? Robot fighter. That's, it, that's, as uh, as my old grandpappy used to say, if it ain't rough, it ain't right. Ah, <laughs> uh, Jim Shooter. I think I, I. I don't think I have no idea what Nobody what was what was going us. through his head when he wrote that issue. It's it's not good. Is not good, and, and, and I'm wondering why. And it's given, not, it doesn't look good either. I don't think it doesn't. No, uh, if you said that was <laughs> Dennis Calero to me, to it, I'd be like, really? Knowing, I, know, I was like, for real? Yeah, knowing Mike Richardson's predilection to the anthology, they love the anthology at Dark Horse. They've always, always have. Why did these these Gold Key slash Valiant characters? Why were they not packaged in an anthology to to hedge his bet? He gave Shooter Doctor Solar, Magnus uh, Turok is coming out. I think Shooter's yeah. also also doing Doctor Specter. They're all ongoing individual series. Why did they not put them in an anthology to start it off? He, I I give no, him six no, issues. One issues. Number one issues. I sell. guess I, I would be hey, very you, surprised. I, I, but I've I've seen the art for for Magnus, and it's so awesome to see Bill Reinhold. Oh, of course, it, the art is gorgeous. Oh, yeah. But I'm I'm hoping. Oh, please, Jim. I'm hoping Magnus is nothing like Doctor Solar. And and you know, yeah, you only read the first issue. Give him a chance. It was that bad. It really, <laughs> it really was. It was one you know? of those where I thought to myself, this is the problem with pre-ordering. I got another two weeks coming. You're right. <laughs> Me too. I, I chopped that shit off at issue number three. No more. No, it ain't happening. With the first one. I didn't let it go beyond that one. And when you talk about Dr. Solar, talk about the pedigree of that character. Yeah. Not only the original Gold Keys, which are great, but the Valiant stuff. Barry Windsor Smith and... Oh, yeah. Give give shooter props. The first twenty thirty issues of of Doctor Sol of, of Solar Man of the Atom, they're great, really good stuff. And this just again, like famous monsters, you can't go home again. You it's really hard can't. to go home again, right? Yeah. Claremont and shit. I mean, it's just hard. It's not easy, dude. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it was like I, I was all stiff going into the box, pulling up the Doctor Solar, and when I was done, man, I was oh, flapping oh. in the breeze. <laughs> 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 oh no, Jim! No, Trump so. Yep, you're not kidding. <laughs> I have to thank somebody. Woo! Oh, so do I. After you, you go. Okay. I have to thank forum member Christopher Stark for helping me continue filling in my Age of Apocalypse run. Nice. I have. Uh, I now have added to the collection the Amazing X Men, Gambit and the Externals, Weapon X. X-Man and the X-Men Chronicles. Oh, X-Men Chronicles is really good. I mean, they're all good, but... They're all the good. Yeah, yeah the I Chronicles is good. We did Age of Apocalypse on the bus, because yeah, all over that shit, I double dip. Yeah, I might. Yeah. Yeah. I would single dip. Uh, I, can't believe <laughs> the, uh, I can't believe the art team on this issue of the X-Men Chronicles. Yeah. Tell them. Terry Dodson, <laughs> inked by... Oh, why don't you say it, Vince? No, I don't, I'm not going to give take away your inker. You tell them. You've been tr no, but in that no, thread, I'm not doing it. I'm saying, not doing it. You kept saying one name in that thread. I know, Klaus Jansen. There you go, baby. Inker Supreme, Jansen king of all inkers. That's like well, that's was that's it? Was he solicited? Stuff. Was he solicited in? <laughs> no, not in the uh, not in the back of the Marvel book. <laughs> Why would he be? Everybody, everybody. Yeah, really, he's a lowly inker. Who the hell no, cares? He's gonna sell any books. All he does is trace. That's it, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of flapping in the breeze, Dave's like, oh no. 
Uh-huh. But that uh, I the ages age of apocalypse storyline that was I actually sold Silver Age books because I came into Age of Apocalypse late and I okay. read the first couple of the the first couple issues like this is really good. I think I sold one or two Silver Age Marvels to get all the issues I missed. That's how how far I jumped into that. Yeah, I was a little late to it too because uh, I had just coming out. I was just coming out of um, coming out of doubles, college and but I was just starting to go to a comic store in uh, Hoboken where I was living and uh, and he was like, "Oh, you are you got to get caught up on this." And so yeah, same here. I, I didn't uh, I didn't sell, so, but I, I definitely paid uh, a couple multiples of cover price for some of those first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, like I said, they were double, so I wasn't really losing anything, but I did yeah sell. And I don't know about you guys, but I wish they kept that as the status quo for the X books. That would be so cool <laughs> if they just kept going with that. Well, dude, you know I love Blink, right? And that's I mean, Blink hey, well, uh, eventually they'll probably have you know Age of Apocalypse forever. Here's hoping. Here's hoping. <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, you know, I, I need to I need to go back and uh, and read that stuff for the first time. I was I was out. I, it was uh, it was uh, bye bye Betsy for me at uh, that point. Jason, yeah, how many times have you read a Blink story and you just thought to yourself, I know she's going commando. I know she is. She does not have anything on under that. I mean, I, I've, I've commissioned. I know I did. Uh, I've commissioned work. That this <laughs> oh my God. Whoa. Okay, we're getting get, yeah, getting get a little, little weird now, guys. I, I see pink. Right oh, Blink, blink's right. pink. I have to thank you know say, Adam. Doing the pink. One of the. <laughs> one of the blink. One of the. Blinks. I have to thank Mr. Adam Bessignotti, the the author yeah. of De- Deus Ex Comica. You know what he sent me? What he sent you? Tomb of Dracula Omnibus Volume Two. Get what? the hell out of here! <laughs> yeah, he said he PM'd me. He said you don't have the second omnibus, do you? I said no, I, uh, I, 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 I don't usually buy Omnibus. And he's like, let me take care of it. He sent it to me. I, I guess I guess he it didn't ring his bell and instead really? of yeah instead of having it hanging around his house Damn. he sent it to me is that awesome or not that is very awesome cool. and he also included two of the Project Superpowers variant covers that I did not have nice that's and, uh, very uh, cool installation to make sure the omnibus didn't get damaged in shipment or? just and stop just to sweeten the pot I love oh, that superpower oh, stuff oh, don't you go there that's cool. but unbelievable I I, I got a box. Uh, because I, he asked me if I had it and didn't tell me he was going to send it to me. I, I kind of assumed he would, but I wasn't going to press the issue in case he, he got cold feet. Which you know, I send somebody a hundred dollar omnibus just to give it to them, which is very cool. But anyway, and a box showed up. My wife said, "What'd you order now?" I was like, "I, I didn't order anything." I opened it up. Bingo! Tomb of Dracula omnibus. That's huge, man. It is huge. Literally, it is huge. Nice. And, and, and I'm glad I have it. Yeah. Thank you, Adam. Thank you, Christopher. Mm-hmm. Yes, thank you very much. Sweet. What else do we have? We have a lot to talk about, I'm guessing, right? Cause, uh, well, see, everybody was kind of already talking about like stuff that wasn't floating in their boat, and I talked about artifacts, which I dug, but I really you didn't want You have something, don't you? I, Let us hear it. Sort of, I love not it. really, because it, it's, I maybe what? I should have realized it going in. Well, first of all, the art is fantastic. I, I bought the, uh, the Brightest Day, the Adam special. <laughs> Written oh, okay. by oh, our cool. our friend Jeff oh, Lemire sure. and yeah, and yeah, yeah. Uh, right. And so, boom, right there, um, I'm into it. I mean, the art the art is fantastic. I I I really enjoy checking out his uh, his Ray Palmer Adam. It's it's an an origin story of sorts where we get a little bit more fleshed out yeah. in Ray Palmer's younger days. Um, but the part that I kind of wasn't really feeling 
was when I got to the last page. What and happened on the last page? What happened on the last page is it's telling me it's to be continued in Adventure Comics number 516. Yeah. yeah. Now, Ooh. I have no problem with that. Not cool. Unfortunately, that means it's a backup story. Right, it's the backup, yeah. And I'm not real cool with that. Mm. I don't blame you. Yeah, if you're going to pay a premium well, price for I, it. I totally get what you're saying, time. and I would say that the only thing I would say that's fair... When, when, when a publisher does something like that, I think the only thing I hold them to is, is the one shot in and of itself a complete story? Because if it is, and, then I can, I can get past the, the to be continued. It's not? It's not. It's, uh, the origin is complete, but you get to the last page, and I mean, well, it's it's been out for a little while now. I mean, I don't, is anybody else that, you get to the last page, and, and Ray shows up at his dad's place, and dad's on the floor, and Ray's upset, and then it says to be continued. So it's not uh, like it's yeah. You really don't. So now you have to find out what happened to Dad, and and where do we go from here? And and because there were mysteries that started in the book, and then we get his origin. So we never really find out who ransacked Palmer's office, which was what started the uh, issue off. And if I want to, then I can go and and read. Superboy and the Legion of Superheroes and a couple of pages on, on the Atom, and I, I don't think I'm going to do that just... <laughs> More than a couple pages. Hey, I'm sorry. Cut some two-page backup. I thought your pet peeve was going to be the fact that, uh, and this is happens a lot these days because of the way they make comics, but the fact that the cover had absolutely... No, I... Well, first of all, the cover... No, you're absolutely right, but the cover... The cover, um... It, it's, it's pretty funny, the Gary Frank cover, but it, it reminded me of the Sort of the Adam covers, where even though he's he's in the in the jungle, and yeah, this 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 dealer monster, whatever the hell is is getting ready to attack him, that that is real threat in the village he's in. But this cover kind of reminded me of that, and, and even the old Power of the Atom, right? Exactly that, that Roger yeah. Stern wrote. So mm-hmm. it, um, I had no problem with the cover, and it, and it is a special. Unless I mean, I I didn't know. I didn't know what I was getting. So, I mean, aside from it being the Ray Palmer Adam and Jeff and, and Mahmoud doing doing the work, I was all John over Del that. John Inks. So you hypocrite. And John Dell on Inks. So it was, well, <laughs> see, but, but I haven't met John Dell. I haven't, I haven't talked to John Dell on Twitter. Uh, but it's, it's um, you know, so. I thought, that, I thought the Inks could have been stronger, honestly. Because I, I I've, I've seen what, what. Mahmoud can do, and, um, and I, 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 I Scott Eaton, and I know that, that that he does wonderful work. So I mean, it yeah. it, it, it could be. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I, if it, their first yeah. pairing, maybe they just got to get used to each other. Mm. Um, yeah, but I mean, I could tell. Uh, I mean, looking forward to the backups. I'm gonna I'm gonna continue to get you know Adventure Comics and uh, you know anything uh, anything that Jeff's doing. I'm gonna support because I mean the guy the yeah. guy hasn't done anything bad yeah true right? everything it's is very dark. true as See, his, yeah and that's, and that's what i was his thinking tra- his track record is about as strong as you can get you guys were talking about you know robinson being 500 and then and vince says alan moore but i mean you go from essex county and the nobody and and sweet tooth and now he's writing superboy stories the adam ba- i mean i'm thinking for somebody who who doesn't have a, a the prolific career of like bendis or johns or or no, UCX, someone like that. He's done pretty well in pretty much everything mm-hmm. he's done. Yeah, quality, Absolutely. not quantity. Yeah. yeah. Well, Poor and the Gus. other thing that's great about him is that he, um, you know, as we know from from getting to know him, he, even though he he made his name doing very personal um, slice of life works, 
yeah, as we know, he he is a as hardcore a superhero fan as it gets. And uh, I mean, the stuff he's doing now is is stuff that he's he's dreamed about writing. So you know, it comes from a good place. It's not like they're DC's like, oh, let's get a couple of these indie guys to see if they can write us a uh, you know, because like for example, like Brian Wood, who we talk about a lot. Like I, I like some of Brian Wood stuff, as you know, and I, I don't like some of it. But having heard him on Word Balloon and other places, he is not remotely interested in superheroes doesn't read yeah. superhero nope. comics never has just not into it so he yeah could he have an interesting take on a certain character for dc sure and, and he may in fact do that at some point but it's not his passion whereas you know jeff just like us grew up reading superhero books he loves them adores them so yep. you know yep. i could see this being hey you uh, know uh, um uh speaking of jeff it reminds me of of matt kent um uh, jason you were a huge fan of three story have you gotten mm-hmm. revolver yet I have it sitting here. I haven't read it though. Okay, I'm. I've, I got to pick my copy up. The um, hearing good stuff about it. So the uh, premise is really cool. Yeah, absolutely. It's got, it's got movie written all over it. Fuck, fuck. Break it up, dude. I hope so. Um, I do have a thank you as well. Um, our our friend uh, Ron Richards, a, a fanboy, um, was oh. kind enough to send me um, the Fractured Fables hardcover anthology. <laughs> um, and uh, you guys know I love me some anthologies. And uh, this one did not disappoint. It is uh, a collection of uh, reinterpretations of classic fairy tales. Um, some reasonably traditional, save for the art style, and others a complete wacky reimagining. Um, and it is a who's who of creators involved. Uh, the All Reds are in there. There's a story about the uh, the uh, the troll that lives under the bridge by none other than uh, Vince's uh, Vince's boy, Larry Martyr. Um, Ted McKeever's in there, Eric Moore, Ben Templesmith, Brian Talbot, uh, a whole bunch of others. I mean, I, I, Phil Hester's in there, um, and it's great. I mean, it's 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 uh, it's like I said, it's fairy tales. It's like any anthology. The the art styles are completely different. The, the there's there's two page stories. There's ten, fifteen page stories. There's really cartoony stuff. There's darker stuff. Um, but uh, I just enjoyed the hell out of it. Uh, it's terrific. And and to be honest with you, it's uh, it's much more all ages than I thought it would be. I assumed by the title and who was involved that it would be um, more of an homage to, you know, the classic grim fairy tales take where it's almost adult and very dark, and um, mm-hmm. for the most part, these stories are perfectly fine for, for, for kids. I mean, I would recommend reading through the book yourself first just to make sure, depending on your kid's sensibilities, but I, I've read pretty much the whole book to um, my two son, my two older sons, and uh, and they've they've just you know there's you know there's fart jokes and burping jokes and so for that I mean it's like they're the they just think it's hilarious so uh, so yeah it's really really good house. stuff what's that it's another day of Vince's house exactly <laughs> and this is uh, published by Silverline um, you know the image imprint uh, Sylvester's imprint oh it is and, oh okay yeah and oh, it's uh, Silverline Silverline Silver, Silverline so yeah. that's his kid's difference oh okay. It's the kids, kids. Are yeah, it's the kids yeah. line, right? And it's a uh, twenty nine ninety nine cover price, and uh, mm-hmm. like I said, the hardcover. It's got a nice little, uh, just like with the um, lock and key books. It's got a nice little, uh, um, uh, you know, page page holder, you know, ribbon like built into the. So it's a uh, it's a nice package. There's for, a name for that. I just don't know what it is. Yeah, me neither. Yeah, but, uh, and uh, while you're on the subject, huge congratulations to Larry Martyr, who is now the president of the Comic Book Legal Legal Defense Fund. Yeah, is he really? Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't know that. That's cool. Yep. Who's he replacing? I don't know. I just saw the tweet where they were all, a lot of people were congratulating him. And I was like, damn, go Larry. That's awesome. Yeah. 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 Larry, because Larry's awesome. (laughs) And stuff. And junk. junk. Who are we going to get? Well, let's get Larry Motter because he is the epitome of awesome. 
Yeah, yeah, and your tattoos in this book. What? No, I'm kidding. Oh, that'd be, that, <laughs> that'd be so cool. Wouldn't it? What? That was cruel. What? That was cruel. All right, that's all we got. This that episode of 11 O'Clock Comics has been sponsored by the Discount Comic Book Service, DCB Service. Dot com, where you can get spectacular discounts on your favorite funny books and collectibles and all the other bric-a-brac we all consume way too much of. Uh, check them out, dcbservice.com. And in your travels, I'm going to pick two, just because I want to. The first one, read Buzzard from Dark Horse. you got to read it. It's great. It's beautiful. It's gorgeous. Number two, if you, even if you've read this before, or better yet, if you haven't, pick up Casanova from Marvel's Icon imprint. I got to say I was a little bit leery when they said they were going to colorize the art. I think it looks I think it looks even better. Yeah, I can't wait. It's right here. I'll, I'll be digging in real soon. Fraction and Gabriel Bach. Get it. Mm-hmm. Bach. Casanova. Uh, uh, just because I'm reading the first trade right now and uh, uh, I've gotten the first issue, really enjoyed it, decided to pick it up in trade, and I'm glad I did because it's reading wonderfully that way. Uh, pick up uh, Image and Shadow Lines, Cowboy Ninja Viking. I second that nomination. Okay. Go you. Uh, I'm going to do two. Well, I'm going to say I'm gonna say Artifacts. Of course. But mm-hmm. the, the one that I was going to say, and I have the first two issues sitting right here, uh, and if you go to his website, you can see the cover, the black and white cover of the sixth issue, Thor the Mighty Avenger. Hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah. And the hey, cover of the that. sixth issue is going to be Thor versus Fin Fang Foom on the Rainbow Bridge. <laughs> nice. <laughs> How awesome is that? That is very awesome. Uh, and um, I will go with uh, something from our friends at IDW. Um, because it, much like the first G.I. Joe Cobra series uh, was awesome because it turned Tomax and Zamot into super badasses, um, the new ongoing G.I. Joe Cobra, which we haven't really talked about, is equally fantastic. And all i got to say is Serpentor. Serpentor. Yeah. I, the uh, the uh, G.I. Joe Cobra special number two is coming out. Is it, is it, was it this week or next week? No, it wasn't, uh, wasn't this week. week. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't this week. Next next week, I I, I think that, and uh, it's got a lot to live up to because the the first one was my favorite comic of last year. Yep, gotta say I, I love so far what IDW's been doing with GI Joe. I had to drop hearts and minds. Oh, I dropped it. Had to drop it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't. And sp- hey, speaking of GI Joe Cobra special, how did that not get not? Crazy in the Eisners. Crazy people. Yeah, I mean, yeah. come on, come yeah. on. That 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 awards show is losing a lot of credibility with me. I not, agree with not, you. Yeah. Not who, not who wins, but some of the stuff that gets left out. It's like mm-hmm. you know, come on, people. Do you not read the fucking the, comics? Well, <gasps> the only thing I'll, I guess I I, the only thing I'll defend in that is that um, the process is admittedly an arduous one. I mean, they basically literally take the guys and and and, and put them in a room. With all the possible books they can find that might be worthy of being nominated, and have them say, "Here, read these." I mean, that yeah, that yeah. that environment is going to invite you to miss some things. I think. I mean, it's true, but if you're going to do an award, do it right. If if yeah. you're if you're not going to canvas uh, the best of the best of the year, then don't do it. You yeah. know, and it's right. I mean, I think the way they could get around that is 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 maybe make the nomination process much more far-reaching. You know, mm-hmm. where they so that they winnow it down to you know maybe 
10, 15 per category that then the, the, the panel can then read and vote on versus just basically it being carte blanche and having everything in the room and saying, here, you know, right. figure out what you're going to nominate. But yeah, it's tough. No awards that are going to be perfect, but again, I have right. to say, I'm glad you mentioned the winners thing, Chris, because the winners, which we talked about a bit last week, I mean, the winners were, I thought, for the most for part, the pretty, mo- for the, for the most part, pretty, yeah. You, know. it's, you can't, you can argue, but, you know, I mean, there's no one that's like, oh my god, how did they win? Yeah, you know, on, yeah, it's Brubaker wouldn't have been my pick for, for best yeah, writer, not last year. Her, yeah, yeah. You know, talked about that. Yeah, you, can't, not... you can't, you can't argue against, against Brubaker, but yeah, there were some, some nominees that I thought could have been replaced with some more deserved folks, yeah. but. I, I think they all should consider the themselves show. lucky, all the winners, <laughs> that there wasn't a NASCAR comic published this year, because well, that and, fucking uh, thing would have swept. And there, yeah. and, and this was like the first year in a while where there's been no All-Star Superman, right? Yeah, yeah. that's true. Yeah. Oh, and, and one other thing, because we, we we always talk about, oh, yeah, we should mention we don't. In your tra- if, you, if, if you're not traveling, people, and you're just at work, and you feel like wasting a few minutes because uh, you don't feel like working, and you want to enjoy yourself, how about in, instead of traveling, you actually go ahead and go on your computer and you read Mystery Solved, yep. Ants, and The Guns of Shadow Valley. All good. Yep. Yes. And then, when you're done with that, hop over to our forum, because we don't plug this enough, forum.bullpenbulletinspodcast.com or www.11oclockcomics.com. Come on to our forum and talk about it, and because you'll find the people that created those web comics on our forum. Yeah, it's true. And they're, they're all good people. And, and Sal just told me I'm so pretty. You are nice. pretty. If you're really bored, thank you, Sal. If you're really bored, by all means, if you haven't already done so, iTunes, let's see right there. you go. Shows. Yeah, we've been getting a lot of reviews. Yep. You know, we really appreciate it. Honestly, it, it means a lot. Oh, good. So, Thank you, people. Yeah, it's great. Not a lot of bitching about me, which is always welcome. <laughs> and everyone make sure to, to, to wish uh, our elder statesman a happy birthday. I don't know who that is. Uh, oh, 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 wait, wait, wait. All right, everybody. Thanks for being here. Once again, we'll be back next week, whether you like it or not. And be nice to David on the forum. <laughs> Please. <laughs> <laughs> nice start now. Yeah. <laughs> it, was good. It, was good. it was good to be back, guys. I missed y'all. Good to have you back. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Glad you're here. I'll I'll see y'all I, think I'm here. I think I'm here for a while. <laughs> oh, no, no. I'll be here next week. No, I'll be here next week, my man. Two weeks from now. Okay. <laughs> David, two weeks? David fell down That's the great. well again. He did, right? He was, he was laughing into his bottle. Oh, I am. I'm laughing. Yeah. It's great being all together. All right, I'll see you guys next week. Yeah, we love you. <laughs> Say bye bye.